When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you kidding me? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Spider-Man in Review. That new intro, of course, made by Carter Harrell and Cameron Kennedy. Damn, it is fire. I think I've seen that 20 times this week. I just can't stop playing it. It is one of the most hype intros we have ever had. It's amazing. I just I just want to ask, what are we going to do now that, now that we're finishing up the Raimi movies? <laughs> That's the Raimi font and the Raimi open. <laughs> whole thing here because this is kind of funny spider-man <laughs> universe in review rewatch of course i'm tim gettys and i am joined by that beautiful voice you just heard anthony carboni hello it's a pleasure to be back it is even Can't if it's spider-man 3 <laughs> <laughs> we have the producer slash seducer nick scarpino great afternoon tim mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to you as well and rounding out the crew this week we have the one the only blessing at aoye jr my favorite part of those intros, uh, of that intro, are probably the appearances of Shirtless Spider-Man and Shirtless Miles Morales, two mm-hmm. superheroes that we've never gotten the identities for. Yeah, mm-hmm. one to day. this day, I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. The world must know. Uh, of course, this is kind of funny's in review, where each and every week we rank and review and recap two different movies. Uh, we're doing a rewatch of all the Spider-Man movies, all the Sam Raimi ones, the Mark Webb ones, and the uh, John Watts ones leading into Spider-Man No Way Home. Which, real quick, Kev, can you actually bring up the poster? Because this dropped last night. The official so poster for Spider-Man No Way Home. It's pretty damn awesome. There's Getting our boy the... in the background. There he is. Real Can tiny. I get an enhance? Can I get an enhance, enhance, enhance into the gobby? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> That's Willem Dafoe right there. That's crazy. Let me tell you something. Time, I think time has proved me right because they are using the same suit and it looks dope. It looks great <laughs> in that poster. <laughs> it, looks, it, me, it won't let me go deeper than where I'm going now. Yeah, well, it's because it, it doesn't want you to see between the cracks of the Willem Dafoe suit. That's That's why it's like the size of a peanut back there but i love that we get i love that we get the uh the lightning i love that we get the sand in the back like Mm -hmm. we're we're teasing we're teasing all these things that we know are coming you can almost hear thomas hayden church from that sand how many villains represented here because i see green goblin those are obviously the the doc ock tentacles there's the the thunder that's electro what is that smoke in the background now i think that's i think that's sand sand, and i want to oh that's sand sand, yeah i think that's Let's go. Let's go. I love you so much, Bless. Of course, this is in review. You can watch on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, If you wanted to get the show ad free, if you wanted to watch it live as we record it, you've got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like 
our Patreon producers, Molecule and Pranksy, have done. Uh, today we're brought to you by Overland, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Raycon, and Arcane. Uh, but we'll tell you all about those later. Guys, Blessing didn't know that Raycon was by Ray J. And we were doing the ad earlier, and he saw, he was like, man, that man looks like Ray J. And it's like, bless, that man is Ray J. <laughs> now, now, Here's the thing, Blessing. I didn't know that either, but that actually reflects negatively on you, that I didn't know it. That's the stuff that everyone else that's younger than me should know, but I learned that today, too. I, I mean, it's just wild to me, because I Ray J, I don't He's see like as, like, so the guy crazy. that's out there making big business moves. I still see Ray J as being yeah. Brandy's brother. I see Ray J as being... How do you see him? How do you see him? Plus, <laughs> the guy who made J? the hit single, One Wish, the song yeah, I oh, love so much. What a, what a great hit. Kevin, I think we have to watch the clip again. We just have to, because Nick and Carboni need to see this. I think Nick I'm saw right. it, because they, they played some Ray J stuff during the morning show. It wasn't that good. No, Mike, blew, Mike said the same thing to me. He was like, did you know that Raycon was Ray J? I was like, I had no idea. And that prompted the whole, the whole him telling me the story about Blessing. But I'll, I'm down to watch the clip again, as long well, yeah, as it's not embarrassing for me. The clip yeah, is golden. We need to watch this clip because Carboni, this might be one of the funniest things ever caught on camera. Kev, please hit play. Posting the glasses. They're unbreakable. Unbreakable? They're Test unbreakable. Test Break them. Step on it right now. No, you step on them. It's your product. You step on them. Go ahead. Speedy, step on them. I can't do that. You can. I bet you I can break these. They're unbreakable. Speedy. They're not unbreakable. Speedy. Don't tell me they're unbreakable. Listen, Don't challenge they, me. Listen. Don't challenge me, Rachel. They're I will break them. Listen, Speedy, they're unbreakable. They cannot break. It's impossible. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that's that's great. We watched another one today that that Mike showed what? me, which is how many times can Ray J's beanie like change? Like, that's a good one. On his head, that Yo, is amazing. The hubris. <laughs> the hubris. God, I love this podcast. How long one is that? Day, how long is that video? The beanie. The one. hubris. Will that beanie be is not very Ray long. We watch it. Downfall. Because I kind of want to watch that beanie one. <laughs> you got Tim, have you seen the beanie one? <laughs> I have not seen the beanie one. Oh, Tim, you got to see the beanie one. Oh. I don't want to talk about Spider-Man no, 3. Roll the beautiful the beanie footage. Okay, roll I'll the find the beautiful beanie footage because I got to grab my coffee. Do roll the beanie think, footage. Who's trying? Oh, who's finding it? Kevin, are you trying to find it? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, you know I got it. Yeah, yeah, it was on today. This oh, is, man. This is the best, Tim. Uh -huh. this, is, this is the kind of stupid shit that we would do. And and you would think it's hilarious, but don't watch it. We delete all God, it's so funny. God bless. God bless Hold everything. On, well, history and find it. while that's happening, let me tell you some things here. Uh, this movie is Spider-Man 3 with a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes. This was released May 4th, 2007. Iron Man was released May 2nd, 2008. I just want to give wow. that context wow. to you all. Wow. Things change you know? real fast. <laughs> I was thinking about that as I was watching this movie, and I was like, damn, I get it now. I get why people hate on this movie. I mean, I'll I mean, say it's, on this movie, but... It's such damn. a clear demarcator of the end of one era and the beginning of another, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's wild. Everything changes. Everything oh changes. Uh, directed once again by Sam Raimi. Oh, are we ready for the beanies, Kev? <laughs> there we are. Speed it you up. gotta listen to it. Can we listen to it? I, I mean, the conversation doesn't matter, but yeah. It's true. Okay. You got kind of an unhide over half the ear. Okay, now it's way back. Now it's way back. Full ear. We all want cool. Me, you, 
Okay, now it's just completely pulled down. Fully your coverage. What the fuck? Yeah, that's the same. Look at his head. Oh okay, God. now what happened there? What is that? <laughs> now he's a gnome. What? Watch it counted at the end. That's Jeez. great. <laughs> what happened? This must have to be on purpose. purpose. Yeah. It's got to no be a way. Fit. It's got to like be Like, how? How does this happen? As a matter of happen? fact, there was the one who said <laughs> I love you. I'll quick, because yeah. that's one wish right there. But, like, how does that happen to where, like, one, how many times did, that did, did they capture that conversation? Did they shoot that? No. And I, then who in editing put that together and thought that that was okay? No, yeah, I but, like, we happened. see shots. We see the, the they cut to a, his, his back, and he's not adjusting it. And they cut to his front, and the audio is the same, so they must have stitched it all together. It's weird. Like some, that, if yeah. if it if Ray J didn't think he was doing a bit, the editor was definitely doing a bit. Somebody somebody just, there understood it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's just the magic of Ray J. It's the magic. If if I had one wish, that's what it would be. Uh, this movie was directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, the music was done by. Not Danny Elfman. Uh, Danny mm -hmm. Elfman did one and two. This was done by Christopher Young. Composer Danny Elfman does not return to provide the musical score for this film, citing creative differences with Sam Raimi during Spider-Man 2 that Carboni went into a lot last week. Uh, instead, Christopher Young composes the film's score. In December 2006, however, the producer announced that Elfman had collaborated with Young on the film's score music, even though he wasn't credited for it. Uh, interestingly, Elfman turned down this film for Charlotte's Web, which is also about a spider who uses her talents to do good. I don't know why they felt they needed to write that, yep. but I felt yep. the need to read it to you. No, I love that. <laughs> that was good. That's I awesome. thought I thought you were smiling because you wrote that and you were proud. No, no. I wish. <laughs> I fucking wish. Uh, the budget of this movie, with an estimated budget of upwards of three hundred and fifty million. It was the most expensive film ever made at the time of its release. So check this out. This film was reportedly the most expensive film ever made in US dollars with a greenlit budget of two hundred and fifty million. However, with the ground-up development of revolutionary CGI, the astronomical cost of shooting on location in New York, which reportedly was at least $1 million per day, Jeez. and extensive oh, wow. reshoots, which overran the production schedule an additional eight months, have led many industry insiders to speculate a final tab of upwards of $350 million. If this figure is true, then only Pirates at World's End beats this. Yeah. At that's this wild. moment, like even currently... And then the Avengers movies are underneath that. That's insane. I think the final tally on production time was like two years and two years and 11 months or two years and 10 months. Like they went way over. Crazy. They went way over. Uh, but it resulted in a box office of 895 million, making it the highest grossing movie of 2007. Very oh, yeah. much worth it, I guess. Uh, fun stats for you here. The first shot of the Sandman forming took roughly six months to create. Over 1,000 people worked on the film, some of them putting in the 8,000 hours needed to construct the 40 Spider-Man suits and other writing complicated CGI software. Uh, and then the last fun stat I got for you here is all of the screams, all of the many, many screams we hear from one Kirsten Dunst. We're all just reused from Spider-Man 1 and yeah. 2. Could have told you that. Could have told you that. That's really funny. Yep. Man. She just had her own Wilhelm scream by the time they were done. Oh, she screams and she does puppy dogs, puppy dog eyes, and that's what that's she it. does. That's what she does. She has red hair that looks better in this one than any of the other ones. I will, to say something nice about her in this movie, her hair looks okay. Carboni, what do you think about this movie? Folks, it's not a great film. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I had to, if I had to be honest with you, it's not a great film. I think there are a lot of fun ideas in this film. I think there are enough fun ideas in this film for two films. And I think uh, Sam Raimi and Sony really butt heads on this one, and you can tell because he originally wanted it to be a Sandman movie, and I think all that stuff works. Everything else is real weird, guys. This is a weird one, though. I will say. I didn't have as terrible a time as I thought I would rewatching this. I literally haven't rewatched this one at all. Wow. So, hmm. Yeah, I think I saw it in the theaters and I maybe saw it once on DVD back in the day. And I got to say, the parts that I remember being horrible are still very horrible, but it's not as bad as I remember. Mm-hmm. Nick Scarpino. <sighs> Tim. Nick. I'm, I'm grasping. I'm a little tired right now. And I desperately want to pull this one. So let me see if I can find it here. Because, of course, you know this movie is known for its classic quotes. Not the least of which is, hey, hot legs, find me some shade. What the fuck <laughs> were they thinking when they made these scenes? What were they thinking when they made this movie? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why they thought it was a smart idea to cram all of these things in there. This movie's all over the place. And if you watch it and you're not a fan of Spider-Man, this is a great film. Um, if you're a fan of Pete Wentz, this is a great film. Uh, if you're a fan of, uh, of superhero hijinks and amnesia, this is the film for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot just... about the amnesia. Oh, yeah. No, how could you forget oh, about it? How could you forget about it? But Tim, had my if own I ever amnesia. get amnesia and you walk in and you, I think maybe you kill my father, but guess what? I, I can't remember anyway. You know what I'm going to tell the nurse when you guys leave? Those are my best friends. Those are my best <laughs> I friends. Die, I die for them. <laughs> to which the nurse, I would hope, would reply, oh, I hope it doesn't get there. I would not get that far. Weird thing to say. <laughs> oh, a little strange. Pretty extreme. Also, you don't uh, remember your father, but those are your best friends? All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, this movie is just a hodgepodge of, uh, of, not, of a lot of a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of poor decisions being made and, and one too many items or one too many elements, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, cause the Sandman, I actually really do like that story. I think Thomas Hayden church does well with it. I, I like the fact that they, it was, it was a good attempt at making a villain that was conflicted. Right. Cause we can all understand his motivations and, that, and, and actually think that despite the fact that it's completely, uh, revising the history of Spider-Man, that scene between him and uncle Ben, where he's like, listen, man, I, I was a mistake and I was scared and, and the gun went off and I didn't know that that hits for me. So a lot of those elements, it almost makes it worse because you're like, oh, you had good stuff in there. Like you, you had a good meal. Why did you decide to just pile crap on top of it? And then, of course, just the utter disregard for Venom and that and, and just how they played the, the Venom stuff is just like mm-hmm. so haphazard and so tacked on. Um, I mean, <laughs> get me started on Goblin. I got to take I got to take on oh, it, but we'll go through it as, as we're sure. going through the film. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's my, so that's my take on it. I'm not, I, I can understand that, like knowing what I know about Hollywood, have things get mucked up and the fact that it took forever. And there was just so many elements thrown into this. You see it all here. And unfortunately it just, it didn't work out and it is a spectacular failure. Bless you. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. This is actually probably the Spider-Man movie I've seen the most out of all of them. Cause it was the one that I actually owned and I had it on PSP. And so just be, just out of accessibility, I would watch this movie all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I 
The funny thing is for me when I watched this movie, I watched it separated from any other impressions or any anybody else's take on the movie because I was young and I wasn't the person to like look online to see like what other people thought about about a movie. And this one was so highly anticipated for me because I love Spider-Man 1 and 2. Spider-Man was my favorite superhero at that point. I was obsessed with the Spider-Man video games, both like the PS1 games, but then also obviously the the uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2 for PS2, which were based on the actual movies. And I spent so much time with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man up to this point that like this movie for me was too big to fail, right? It was too big for me to look at it in any objective lens and go, oh, this is terrible. So when I watched it, like I watched it, I think in the back of my back of my mind, knowing that like it was messy in some places, but overall still like enjoying it just for the fact that I am watching Spider-Man three and they are finally doing uh, Harry as Venom and that I'm getting the Sandman villain and I'm getting like I'm getting all this shit right. Going back and watching it over the years, it's become more and more apparent to me how like bad this film is. But this time around watching it, I think the thing my my takeaway has been that I think there's something in that first half. That, like, mm-hmm. makes it a pretty decent film up until the point where Peter Parker does his hair and he does, like, the like the comb down with his hair. From that point on, the movie is terrible. Before that, like, in, like, that, and for, like, a good, like, I want to say 50 minutes or 60 minutes or however long up until that point, I think the movie is actually pretty decent. I do like the Sandman stuff. I yeah. think there's some good stuff or at least interesting stuff that they could have worked with with the introduction of Eric Foreman as uh, Eddie Brock. I thought I thought there was some fun stuff uh, involving that. Uh, even like the Harry Osborn stuff. I like Harry Osborn more in this movie than in the previous movie. That yeah. said, where they go with the Goblin stuff, I think does go and like get, it gets super weird and gets super messy and ends up in a place that I don't love. Uh, but aside from the amnesia stuff, right? Remove the from the amnesia stuff. I thought Harry Osborn was way more tolerable in this movie, and even with the amnesia stuff, the amnesia thing being a very interesting and weird decision. Even with that, I thought there were some fun bits in terms of you know, what his relationship is with Mary Jane and like appropriate. Uh, so, so it, it, weird, and it, Mary Jane in this movie is weird. There's like a lot of weird stuff that I'm sure we'll get into once we get into the, into the, the details. Yeah, oh, I've uh, it all. But like, there's a there's a lot of elements of this movie that almost work that they just fumble because the movie is trying to do way too many things at the same time. And I think the second mm-hmm. half for me is very evident where you just reach that, that place where the symbiote thing happens and like Peter's being an asshole and they have the music break and there's like a, a like a dance scene in here for some reason. I'm sorry, you'll they... have to be more specific. What music break and dance sequence are you talking yeah, I'm about? I'm sorry, I don't recall. Them. I mean, they're like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment in the movie where like, you know, Peter's on a date with Gwen Stacy and he takes Gwen Stacy to the, to the bar where Mary Jane is working at because she just got fired from her dream job. Right. Mm-hmm. After she breaks God's up with movie. Him. After, After she picks up with him, because Harry yeah. says, and I quote, if you ever want to see Peter live again, you'll break, you'll do this thing for me. And she could have just been like, hey, uh, Harry's putting me up to this. He's psychotic. We need to do something about this. But instead, she just lets it lie. <laughs> Let's just play this ball There's where a lot it lies, of, listen, Is there logic in no. this film? No. Nope. Sure. In places? In places? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there logic throughout the film? Could you say there is an overarching logic to this film? No, that would be very charitable of you to say. <laughs> God, when, yeah, when she's talking to Peter and she's she breaks up with him the whole time, and I'm sure everybody's everybody's thought is like he's Spider Man. You you know he's Spider Man. Like, yeah. why are you right. allowing Harry Osborn, who at this point you just know to be Harry Osborn, a bit more scarier than he usually is? Right. Like, why why are you letting this man do this? To you? Well, well, he did have a whatever. flying. He did have he did have a Kirby's air ride board and hold her up against. Like, she knows something's going I guess on. That's, I guess that's, a point. that's a good point. Tim, where were you at? 
You know, I, I'm I'm closer to blessed just in the sense that, you know, 17 year old me watching this movie, I was like, I fucking love this thing. Like, I love that there's just elements that I've been wanting to see pay off to. We're getting the second goblin like James Franco's here acting insane. Like, there's a lot. The black suit Spider-Man. Wow. But even when I was 17, I was like, this, this ain't it. This just ain't it. They fucked a lot of things up. And now that I'm 32, I still stand with every single thing where this movie is enjoyable to watch. I do think it's enjoyable. It is bad. It is a bad movie. It is demonstrably worse than the first two. And mm -hmm. I I don't love the first one necessarily. I think that, I know I love all of them. I don't think that any of them are great. This one though is the one that is bad. And I think the biggest reason is kind of like what Bless was alluding to a little bit about like, it's, it's just, there's a point in the movie where it just like totally it drops off a fucking cliff. I don't think it's quite 50 minutes in. I think it's closer to maybe like seven minutes in. Uh, but there was like <laughs> some opening moments I where I was like, I was like, okay, okay, this isn't that bad. And then oh, it just the biggest issue for me is the pacing of setup and payoff, where a lot of setup is pretty cool, but the payoff for that's not. Or there's no setup at all, but the payoff's fucking rad. But you need both of those things for any of these moments to hit at all. Like when we get to the end of the film and Dave or James Franco comes in, throws the pumpkin bomb at Sandman. Sandman goes, huh? <laughs> like explodes. And then Goblin comes up and like looks at Peter and Peter looks up at him. The theme kicks in. He puts his hand out. They grab hands. I'm like, let's yeah. fucking go. Holy shit. And then it's just like, yeah, but that wasn't earned at all. <laughs> like yeah. this one cool, beautiful moment that was not backed up by anything except for a horrible amnesia story that, oh my God, Nick bringing up the scene of them in the hospital. It might be one of the funniest acting roles I've ever seen. James Franco just talking. <laughs> What? They didn't, they, they, I it, love the, you all. The, 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 the accident didn't hit you, stupid. Yeah. Like, like what you the know hell? what I mean? <laughs> like he plays it like he's like he's a toddler. Like he's been like straight up. Yeah, that's it's... what it is. But then I love it though because they're like, well, shit. Well, we really want him to team up with Spider-Man at the end. How do we get him there? Oh yeah, yeah. What about what about if the butler just <laughs> told him everything? <laughs> it's like, well, what butler? Oh Bernard. Our you don't remember actor. Bernard? <laughs> Our favorite Dude. actor who adds the gravitas every line. When they, I heard when they cast Michael Caine in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, yeah. they said, we need somebody who can have the serious gravitas of a Bernard from the Spider-Man films. Michael Caine, do you think you can do it? And Michael Caine was like, I'll do my best. Like, I'll do my best, but you can only ask so much of one man, even if he's Michael Caine. Yeah. This movie it. treats itself like a cartoon. I think that's kind of where it falls apart in a lot of places. Because, like... A random butler coming out of nowhere and being like, I knew your father. He was a good man, but like he had some problems out of nowhere is like a cartoon choice to make of like, cool, no setup, whatever. We'll, we're rolling with it. The fact that they did it in this movie that had two previous movies to kind of set up where we're at right now and had like a lot of movie before it to set up so, where we're at right now. Yeah, such like, a weird choice. Contrast that with and again, I know it's not the best in the trilogy, but contrast that with the moment where Alfred goes, actually, she chose like Harvey Dent. Right. And there's that big rift that that that's that's put in between him and Christian Bale when he finally comes clean about it. And you're like, ah, oh, if you'd have just told him back then. But we know that because we know Alfred's name. <laughs> we know who he is. We believe this moment because they have a relationship together. Who is this Bernard person? And why has he waited three years or however, however long it's not been three years? But like, why has he waited at, even a day? To be logic. like, hey man, I see you doing the same shit your dad's doing. He was a bad guy, and, and Spider Man didn't like. I cleaned his wounds. First off, 
Why? Why would you clean his wounds? What are you doing? Where's clearly dead? Bro? What are you doing? What are you? What's your motivation? I cleaned his wounds. Why? Why would that's creepy, Bernard? You're yeah, not to do, Bernard. Also, this you're is not, a crime You're scene. not the mortician, Bernard. You're the no. fucking butler, <laughs> my Bernard's guy. Like, Bernard's like, I cleaned his his wounds and I put I put some clean underwear on him and I put and I did his hair. You're like Bernard, let's just stop right there, Bernard. I don't want to see you in this light. Yeah, it's it was a weird choice and honestly, it's just indicative of sort of like this script is all over the place and they wrote themselves yeah. into a really really big corner. Oh, here, let's and let's this jump is right the one the, thing. Let's jump that, right the fuck in. Let's jump right to the but just uh, to back up what you're saying there, Nick, it's like even things, elements that I, I at the end of the day would say I like more than I dislike, like Sandman, like everything we're talking about. It's like, oh, he's like sympathetic and all that stuff. But then he also isn't at all. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we just want to see that because he's kind of just ready to murder motherfuckers. And he mm-hmm. turns into a big rock yeah. monster and he's fucking shit up. And like when he sees Venom, this fucking scary monster in an alley that to him is not explained at all. He's just like, are you trying to kill Spidey? Yeah, he fought him out. Let's go fuck him up. Like that is insane and impossible to be empathetic towards at all. Yeah. Yeah. To it's, your point, uh, to, your, to your point, Tim, earlier about like the movie being a, I, f- I forget your exact words, but I think you hinted at it being kind of fun to watch, even though it's like a terrible movie. That's kind of where I, I, I stand with a lot of it of, the actual individual pieces of this movie come together are a lot of times very bad and unforgivable. That said, I look forward to watching this movie over and over and over again all throughout my life because there there are some great, like, really fun scenes just to follow along. And even, like, some good scenes, like these, the, the fight early on with Hobgoblin. His name is Hobgoblin, right? Hobgoblin. New Goblin. New Goblin. New Goblin and uh, Peter, where he catches Peter off guard and they have that whole fight that leads into his amnesia. I think that is a genuinely fantastic action scene. I was actually sequence. having a really good time rewatching that scene and going, "Oh shit!" Like even for two thousand fucking seven or six or whatever, whenever this is, this is actually a like this is actually pretty good up until the next scene where it leads into him having amnesia. Like it, there are so many there, there are so many elements and parts of this movie where they set it up and then the payoff is terrible or like. Mm-hmm. There's a good payoff, but the setup was terrible. It's either it's one or the other. It's never both, which never is what you're up. hitting at. Dude, Pete, that, yeah, there's some some of the best action sequences. I mean, one thing that we can say is by 2007, they knew stylistically how an action sequence in these films should look. And also the technology had sort of caught up a little bit. You're talking about that first Peter and New Goblin fight. There's a bit of that that's entirely CG. And you can tell that they're both entirely CG but it doesn't bug you the way CG Peter running oh, on a roof in the first movie yeah, did. It's yeah. very like, much better. Like they're there, like they know what they're doing and they know how to kind of mix and match the CG and the practical scenes now in like a much better way. And yeah, the, yeah. like Peter Parker, stuff. Peter Parker's fucking up stuff. Sandman in the, in the black Spider-Man suit. Shimmy is still raw. Like I still, no, I still love it as well. And like there's, there's like certain shots of like Sp- Peter as black Spider-Man, like um, just like looking at his suit and going, Oh shit. Like, what is this? And again, like there's so much potential in this movie that they just end up squandering, but still lends to me really enjoying watching this movie despite how terrible it is right like i love that part right where he has this sort of like the the symbiote after four or five days decides finally hey i'm gonna bond with peter why not this is the this is the correct time for this to happen in this movie but it bonds with him when you get that wonderful first off i think all the all the black um like goo stuff going onto his face and like the actual like spidery way venom the venom symbiote walks is great and then it takes him over and he has that fever dream for a second and then it cuts and he's just upside down on the building that is such a cool moment because he's like how the hell did i get here he's just been in this like trance until he wakes out of it yeah and then he just flips upward from the building like to show how much more powerful he is than he was before so stuff like that definitely works but then 
what you guys talk about that original that that first scene i do like that scene but for some reason they cut over to um to toby mcguire's face and he's just so goofy in parts that it just ruins it and it's it's no, I, I don't think it's, I don't mean this as a disrespectful thing to Toby Maguire, because I think no. this is just how they wanted him to be the, and it's just him. This He's just kind of mm-hmm. doofy looking at parts because he's kind of supposed to be dorky, but it kind of, it kind of takes a lot of the drama out of these fight sequences when you cut to him and he's just like. <laughs> I'm just, just I'm like just laughing because around, this is the running thread of Nick Scarpino and Toby Maguire's punchable face. And oh like, yeah. And like, I understand, man, there are some of those reactions where even like I saw one. Oh, at the end when when Harry gets impaled and they they do the thing where they look at each other, Toby Maguire's got such a Toby Maguire look on his face that I literally thought to myself, I'm gonna hear about this from Nick tomorrow because this is a bad one. <laughs> this it's, is a bad it's, one. It's just again, again, we don't wanna we can't really compare these to the other Spider-Men or the other actors that have played Spider-Man because we haven't we haven't hit that yet, no future spoilers. But like when you talk about Tom Holland, the way he plays the character and just kind of having it be a lot more real, real feeling mm-hmm. and a lot more charismatic. It's it's I'm glad that we got there. But again, to your guys' earlier point, this is the end of the era. And I cannot wait to just <laughs> carve this bad boy up let's do it but before we get to the plot let me tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by arcane the netflix original series from the creators of league of legends arcane is a nine episode three-part series that follows the story of two young girls vi and powder who were born in the undercity beneath pilt over their eagerness to prove themselves sets a series of events in motion that take their relationship to its breaking point and transforms them forever Witness the animation event of the year and see the champions you know and love like Vi, Jinx, Hammerdinger, and Jace's stories will all intertwine in this action-packed series. Whether you've played League for ages or if you're a brand new person to Rune Terra, Arcane is the perfect introduction to League of Legends' vast worlds following the origins of some of its most iconic characters. Uh, it dives into the stories behind one of the most played games of all time, and you can too. Prepare for the epic battle that's only the beginning. Arcane is now streaming exclusively on Netflix. Next up, shout out to Shin Megami Tensei 5. It's the newest installment in the acclaimed JRPG series developed by Atlas. You play as a young high school student who's granted an accursed power to save his life. He becomes a new being that's neither human nor demon, a Nahobino. There you go. And you're suddenly transported from modern Tokyo to a post-apocalyptic world. You'll explore the demon-infested wasteland of an enigmatic realm that's filled with mythical deities and demonic tyrants in constant conflict for survival. Search for answers and forge your own path in a battle between light and dark, and your choices will dictate the fate of the world. Uh, Turn formidable foes into worthy allies by recruiting them via negotiations, then fuse them to create demons customized to fit your playstyle. Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been fully rendered in 3D, Unreal Engine 4, a first for the mainline Shin Megami Tensei series. You can pre-order the deluxe and standard editions of Shin Megami Tensei 5 today on the Nintendo eShop. Next up, shout out to Overland. You all know that Cozy is my middle name, but there's nothing I like to do every day that's cozier than slipping into some Overland sheepskin slippers. I've been using these, G's been using these, 
Greg Miller has been using these and he is now a proud papa walking around with that baby and his feet have never been comfier. Overland uses expert craftsmanship to pair the highest quality merino sheepskin, which is naturally moisture wicking, temperature regulating and antimicrobial. And you know how I feel about microbes with supportive memory foam midsoles in order to make slippers that feel better and wear better for longer. Don't wait another day to slip into something way more comfortable or give it as a gift to somebody that you love. Get the best, highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash kind of funny. You'll get free shipping and free returns. I recommend you go today because these slippers are slipping off the shelves, everybody. Uh, they're so beloved that they've been known to sell out. That's overland.com slash kind of funny overland.com slash kind of funny. And next up, shout out to Raycon. It's never too early to start holiday gift shopping, especially because right now you can save big on the best everyday gift. Some Raycon wireless earbuds. Cool Greg's been using these, training for his marathon, getting his run on, and he got the jams in his ears. Raycons have seamless Bluetooth pairing, a noise isolating fit, and amazing sound quality, which now you can customize thanks to their new sound profiles on the new everyday earbuds. They've got three modes you can choose from, pure, balance, and bass, so you can always have just the right amount of bass and boom baby uh so this holiday season get the ones you love something that they'll use every day whether it calls for music for calls for work for play home or on the go uh go to buyraycon.com slash kind of funny today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20 percent off your raycon order but hurry this offer is available for a limited time only and if you don't want to miss it you better get moving that's buyraycon.com slash kind of funny to unlock up to 20 percent off your raycons buyraycon.com slash kind of funny all right, Nick, kick Tim. us off. Tim? Mm-hmm. You know you can carve lots of things. You carve up a pumpkin. You carve up a piece of pie. Let me so ask good. you a question, Tim. How's that pie? So good. <laughs> so good. So good, oh, Tim. I, <laughs> that's what hey, this movie that is. Seems, no, I live I love for this that movie. scene. That, that whole that scene, scene is why I say this movie is enjoyable because the, the, the whole movie has the tone of how fucking absurd, absurd. This movie is absurd. Like everything about James Franco is absurd. Yo, there are three people having fun in this film, Nick Scarpino. One is James Franco because like we said, he didn't care from go. Number two, Bryce Dallas Howard because oh, she God. wanted to be there. She wanted to be there. Number three. Topher Grace, who rolled the fucking dice of his career on this yep, film. Sure did. All three of them sure are did. doing it, and they're having fun. Thomas Hayden Church is not having fun because he's, he's I believe, a method actor, and I believe he was sad the whole time because yeah. he was killing it. He was killing it. Mm. But don't you, don't you dare denigrate James Franco. You can denigrate Spider-Man 2 James Franco all you want, but this James Franco, this one's our boy. So it's cool. one of those things where you think, like, I blinked for a second when I was finishing late last night. And I was like, am I watching Pineapple Express? It doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen. Spider-Man 3. And here we go. This title sequences is a shattered mess. Is that foreshadowing? I don't think so. I think it just ended up being that way. It's Dude, I, I love it, though. I love that it's the Raimi theme. And then it mixes in with the kind of like darker, sinister mm -hmm. theme. And we see the Venom like stuff tangling over the webs. Love this intro sequence. Uh, apparently, in a lot of European and South American uh, markets, this movie wasn't called, just called Spider-Man 3. It was called Spider-Man Free three like dark reflection mm. and so they were going for this whole like shattered mirror so thing, cool. i think uh well they nailed it it's me peter parker your friendly neighborhood well you know 
Do we? I love okay. a good Tony McGuire VO. I do swear we? to God. Like, they're not going to do this. But can you imagine if Spider-Man No Way Home just starts with Tony McGuire talking? I'll, <laughs> I'll stand up and applaud. I'm all right. three of them. All three I of them have the VO. Theater. Somehow, Tom, and they can hear each other's VO. <laughs> they just communicate in VO, but they're all still talking about like themselves in the third person. God. Anyway, uh, things are turning around for old Pete. The city loves him, and he's 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 crushing all of his classes. And even dead Uncle Ben in heaven would be proud. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy. Why not? And Peter is in love with MJ, who is now a popular Broadway actress who cannot sing to save her life. But, but they allow matter. her to sing for an extended scene. Like, why did this scene of her singing go on for like three and a half minutes? Folks, that's musical number number one. Let's keep track of music and dance numbers in that's this fair. superhero film. But also, yeah, I felt like watching this again, I was like, are, am I supposed to be, do I like this or do I not like this? Am I supposed to like this or am I supposed to feel like she's out of her depth? How am I supposed to feel? And I, I couldn't really figure out what we were supposed to think so when we get to the point where she gets fired because she's a bad singer mm -hmm. it's very weird because i don't think you're supposed to think she's a bad singer but the person they cast after her actually can sing i'm not sure who that actress was but she's she has way better vocals right and so you think to yourself wait why would she be cast in this to begin with? i mean it's a broadway play like why <laughs> why would they even complete it's a musical for christ's sake like I don't know if you guys have ever seen a musical on or off Broadway, but yeah. it involves singing generally. And you generally, you generally don't put someone in the lead that cannot sing. But I guess do you maybe know that I auditioned. Do you know? Do you know that I auditioned for the Spider-Man musical in New York? Uh, you, you really? You, you literally and metaphorically dodged a bullet on that one. I know. I know. It was. I, it was really early on. It was when I first moved to New York, so oh. it would have been very, very early on before, like when they tried to do it, and then they shut it down, and then they tried to do it again, like ten years later. I went and auditioned for the first one. I, I went mean, down a rabbit hole when we first started doing this of just reading about that and I just on Wikipedia and it's in it's bonkers. It's it cost like 70 million dollars. It was the biggest oh my God. like money loser in Broadway history by like I tried so crazy hard order to get to New York before it closed. Uh, I would have loved to have seen it, but there was <laughs> but chances are if you'd have started you make it 5 minutes in and there would have had a malfunction, you would have had to get your money back apparently. Is there like, any the like video of it cuz I would love to watch it. There this. is some there is oh. some actually. Yeah. Tim, if you just look at the pictures, it is unfathomable how this this show cost that much. But it did. It did. What but that's not what we're talking about right now. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark or Turn Off yeah. the Dark Turn is off what the dark. it's called. Music and lyrics by Bono. Uh-huh. And the edge. And edge. And the edge. Sorry. I think the edge was there as well. Uh we're back, baby. Everything's going well for a good old Peter. He is mad. He's mad. Y'all, sorry, it. Nick. Yeah. I need to stop you. Yeah. On YouTube, there is the full recording. Yep. A two-hour recording. Will we yeah, add man. this to in review one day, baby? No, I think we should. I Look, really think we should. Here's what I'll say. It was it, it was Julie Taymor who was huge. She did the Lion King. It was very ambitious. They like they patented. You can see Spider-Man and the Goblin flying there. They would fly out over the audience. They like patented oh wire rigging that had never been done before for this Spider-Man. Brought and it did not work very well because they they killed one Spider-Man and injured two. Yeah, it was bad. It was it bad. Was very very bad. Sorry, Nick. Back to the plot. No, this, this is incredible. Worth it. This wait, shot. Wait, are you, yeah, are you seeing this? Because like, I just oh, want to bring attention it. to it for a minute because it is that is not a great Spider-Man suit. That's the mm. thing is like they had to make so apparently there's a bunch of Spider-Man uh, actors that play in the play. 
mm-hmm. uh, for various things because they can't re-rig them all the time. So when they evidently when they would see them there's like different actors that would play the guys that are being rigged versus other things like that so there's like a cast photo of like 30 spider-man and it's like I, how could how could they not have cast it was a, it was a veritable spider-verse it's oof. but that's where if you ever watched uh kimmy schmidt there was like a running gag in kimmy schmidt where like one of the guys is auditioning for spider-man 2 too many spider-men on broadway that's and great. the whole joke is because they had like 30 dudes that were playing spider-man oh wild god wild Tim, you missed your calling. I digress. I know. We're back to this. Peter and MJ doing great, but not everyone is happy. No. Harry's still do, mad. Let me do one more. Just one. More. <laughs> That's it right there. Tim. I don't Look at know. Craven. Now, Who's some the, of these villains on Electra. the left. Who's on the left? Is that Electro oh, on the left? I have no, no idea. That's, just, that is a new villain. Some of these villains are new so. for the. Uh, so. for, uh, it looks like a Delta Rune villain. No, it's, it's because. Uh, the thing that Julie Taymor wanted to do is she wanted to do turn off the dark and Peter becoming Spider-Man as a metaphor for adolescence and puberty. Uh, What's it was with the really, obsession? Why, does, know, why is Spider-Man's obsessed with uh, adolescence and puberty? Was this like a comic book thing? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's the whole thing of it being a teenager. Yeah. But just but like turn it into. So some of these villains are like very much like representative of like teenage hormonal things. Oh, it's no. very strange. What's the but drill? you've got Craven on the right. But for some reason, Craven doesn't use a human head. He's got a prosthetic head. It's great. You've got the goblin in the middle who, of course, has multiple numbers. Like, it's a weird show, man. It's a weird show. I can't wait. We're three minutes Tim into this movie. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Not everyone is happy. Harry is mad. He shoots daggers at Peter with his eyes during MJ's opening number. Pretty soon, they're going to be real daggers. Pete, uh, Peter tries to tell Harry that his dad was a psychopath, but Harry doesn't want to hear the truth. Uh, then he slides backstage to tell MJ, uh, and she's, uh, that she was great. And she's like, no one was clapping. And he was like, oh, it's because you're a terrible singer. You should probably just stick with acting. It's okay. Your career will be just fine. No, no, no. He talks to about her about the house acoustics. Uh, and then Harry heads home to douse himself with the green gas and look at all the high-tech toys that he made with all of his failing grades in science. Sorry, this is the first and last time we see Peter Parker act like a human man and a human man in a relationship. Every Every other choice or thing that Peter Parker says throughout this entire movie will be stupid. Yeah. Dude, but for write, this one, he's a good boyfriend. This movie is full of dramatic irony and very bad writing. I Nick. like number one. I like the hobgoblin. I like the hobgoblin helmet on in Harry's apartment before he goes to his SSX tricky uniform New, that New he eventually goblin. decides to go with. No, there's a but hobgoblin does, in oh, the in the little like office thing. Orange, right? Yeah. Is it orange? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like an orange. Is. It's like an orange and chrome, like a chrome version of the hobgoblin. But it's cool. And I also, that scene is kind of dope. You could tell James Franco's having fun and he like comes out looking powerful. And I like, that scene got me hyped. But it's it pretty cool. Yeah, Nick, I need to get your opinion on something though. Mm-hmm. James Franco, like we, we see Toby watching MJ sing, right? Mm-hmm. But then we get a cut to James Franco also watching her and he just has these weird little binoculars. <laughs> What are He's your thoughts on the binoculars? <laughs> He's the only one with like old school opera glasses. It's just that I think that James Franco was purposely trying not to get hired back for the next one. I think he was desperate because there's also a part where when he looks down, he looks like he looks like a child that like just got into the cookie jar and just shit his pants while he was doing it. James Franco is perfect in this movie. How dare you? I do want to point out though that he's made. Not one, not two, but like ten pieces of new tech. Mm-hmm. After his father, this man, died. 
This man that we have seen for two movies now is struggle with science, (laughs) struggle with basic science. And he has made a new glider. Now, I'd like maybe he started green gassing himself earlier and it increases your intelligence. But just keep that in mind. Uh, Over in the park, Peter and MJ lay on a big old web that he shot out into the stars. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. No one can see him. And then it cuts down to the ground. You're like, oh, they're 10 feet off the ground. If anyone walked by, they would see this. Just quick. It seems like this where people are lying on webs really does make me wonder what those webs are made of since they come out of Peter's body and how long it takes him to make them and what he has to eat the next day. That's all. Yes, the, yeah, probably a lot of broccoli. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of asparagus. Peter professes his love for MJ and she's like, I'd like to sing on stage for the rest of my life with you in the front row. And he says, I'll be there. Uh-oh, though, Tim. Uh-oh, what are they watching in the sky, Tim? Lots of shooting stars, one of which lands 15 feet away from him, but they don't hear mm-hmm. it. And that is how we introduce Venom. I want to say that what the thing that we said, which is why wasn't it just John Jameson? It was in an early draft. John Jameson had brought it back. It was in there. And this is the first of one of the things that I think people say that, oh, Sony wanted too many, too many characters in this movie and like Tobey Maguire wanted out. And there were lots of reasons. Sam Raimi also, I think, um, was being real stubborn about this movie and anything that Sony wanted, he didn't want. And he did as silly as possible just to sort of spite them. He could have done the John Jameson thing. He could have moved this stuff along. He could have made these things make sense because he hated them. Sort of chose not to. Okay. And that I just, I'm a bad person. I just think like, <laughs> I just think like, We'll see more of this, but this is the first time we see it because why would it just be random? Why would why? it attach to the moped? Why would <laughs> why? Why wouldn't see, it, it's, this it's is, not this even a- it's not even that an asteroid hits near a farmhouse and the amazing Spider-Man goes, one second, MJ, I'm gonna go make sure everyone's go all right. Check out what that is. Yep. See, it this just- is how much leeway I end up giving these films. And like this is this will give you context to how I view these films and like how much like excuses I let them get away with. When I saw that. And this time around, I was like, oh, it's like a metaphor for the first movie. Like, he got bit by a random spider. He's getting, like, attacked by a random symbiote. Oh, it, make, it makes sense. Cinematic parallels. I like you. It's, You're doing it. You're making it work. It's like a poem. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Have you back heard of the theory of storytelling? God, <laughs> otherwise known as bad writing. The symbiote, of course, breaks free and attaches itself to Peter's moped before it takes off. Now, a lot of people are asking the question, what are the motiv- motivations of the symbiote? Mm. Is it to observe and report, Tim? Is it to just hang out in the closet for the next four days? <laughs> or is it to find someone who's strong and attach itself to that person so it can enable that itself to become like uber powerful and take over the world? I can tell you this, it wants to dance. That was option four, and that was a, play. <laughs> that was a test, and Carboni just passed. It loves jazz, and it wants to dance. It's like, you know, on my planet, they don't have jazz. And I was an outcast. And now I can. Loser! Slap me some shade, hot legs. Back in the city, Flint Marco has escaped from prison and, he, and, and, and heads to the least likely place that the cops will find him, his apartment. Now, a lot of people say don't head to your apartment that you live in where your wife and child are when you're escaped from prison. But have you ever tried? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my question to you guys. Everybody returns to the scene of the crime. Nobody returns to the scene of just hanging out. Very true. Uh, Penny wakes up. And, he oh, does go good in this scene. Thomas Hayden yes. Church doesn't have a single line, and it's just he just does good. Well, he's a really good actor. 
Yeah. And I like the setup, obviously, uh, aside from the fact that it's silly that he would go home. He brings his uh, his we have a, a little bit of a, a fun storytelling here where he brings his daughter some letters that presumably were sent back to him that he had written her from prison. Uh, the mom, of course, comes in and says, "You, we don't want you here. You've done some bad stuff. And he's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And then, of course, Penny wakes up and, and gives him a locket and he promises to get the money to make her better no matter what it takes. And you're like, OK, I see where this guy's coming from. It's Love hey, it's a little man. gray area here, right? He says, I'm we not a bad person. Man. I just had bad luck. Uh, then we head back over to Peter, who heads to Aunt May's house and scares the shit out of her with news that he's going to marry MJ. He's like, Aunt May, it's MJ. She goes, oh, my God, what's happening? He goes, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> you old woman, you old bat. I hope you have a heart attack next time. Uh, and just she, like, says, she, has P- I, she has PTSD from the goblin yeah. glider. Oh, like, yeah. She's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. But this Spider-Man is ready to propose. I just like the the logic of this world they're presenting to us just doesn't add up in any way. I don't believe you. Your relationship clearly, clearly is not in a proposed ready state, Peter Parker. Well, you know, he's he's still a freelance photographer making his way through college, and she's she's. Let's put it this way: I think what he was thinking, Tim, mm-hmm. is the same thing we thought when we partnered up with Gray, Greg. Mm-hmm. Put a ring on it, lock it down. Lock it down. You know, mm-hmm. he's a rising here. star, and me and you want to just hitch our cart to that star because she's on Broadway, <laughs> and star. Peter is selling pictures for $30 a snap, living in the most expensive city on the planet. So maybe not they, a bad strategy for him. They they try to they try to like give the impression of time passing and like try to let us fill in sort of what it is, but you're right, Tim. It's like they're asking us to fill in a whole lot of good times that Peter and MJ just haven't had yet. Yeah. yeah, and like especially having ended Spider-Man 2 with them kind of getting together. But remember, them getting together was her ditching her potential husband at the altar as she ran out. And the first sign of her now being with Peter was her being like, go get him, Tiger. And then her looking at the camera like, fuck, my it's life's about well. to suck. And then all we see is her life not going well after that. So it's it's interesting because one of the things that, all kidding aside, I want to draw attention to here is like, Peter's sort of actions that happen, and a lot of a lot of them are out of his control because he's been taken over by the symbiote who, who kind of enhances the meanness and the cruelty that that I guess any human being would have. But in this movie, he murders someone. Yep. Or so he thinks. And then he hauls off and backhands MJ <laughs> and never apologizes for it. Never once. Now, granted, you could say, hey, he 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 accidentally hit her in the scuffle of trying to uh, incapacitate and or kill a fucking bouncer. There's just a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that makes him a very unsympathetic character. And we're just sort of supposed to forgive it because we're told that Pete's a good guy. And, and even up weird. until the end, nobody knows that the symbiote did that to him. He doesn't tell anybody that he ever that tells her. Symbiote. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. tell anyone. Yeah, she has no idea. She has no idea. What the hell's going she's on. just like. Hey, are we good? Yeah, I guess we're good. Do you he wanna... slapped me the one time, but I guess it's fine. You I would have really, literally yeah. parade another woman in front of me and then yeah. punch me to the floor. Yeah. But I guess we're good. And you danced all over my, my place of work. You danced yeah, all you over my, my place of work. All over it. All over it. <laughs> God, that's the biggest, Nobody that's dances the all over my place of work. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> No, he's like, all right, cool. If you're going to propose, you might as well do it with this. And then she tells she tells him a story about how dead Uncle Ben fucking 
nailed his proposal. And apparently, I think I can't remember how it goes, but I think it went something like um, he went to Disneyland and he had his best friend Tim film it. Uh, then he gives her, a, he's like, here, take this tiny little itty bitty wedding ring. I'm sure she'll love this. And he goes, cool, I'm ready to rock and roll. She said, we would have been married 50 years come August if you hadn't let that dude kill him. And Peter's like, oh. <laughs> I'm making his Peter the ring. He has every damn Jays. Anyway, Peter heads home on his moped when Harry attacks wearing a cool N95 mask and some goggles. Uh, kids, consider wearing helmets when you fly around the city with your hover goggles. The SSX tricky of it all. Honestly. I love it. It's so 2007. Everything about these decisions. The green neon glow. Snowboard The yeah. PlayStation 2 X games of it all. I Man. am so into i'm actually so into this i think it's very weird that he doesn't wear that third helmet that we see you know because it's goblin then hobgoblin and then his final like it's tricky to rock a rhyme helmet right and like he's not wearing that he's just francoing around the city he doesn't care he's just just francoing about man last time i francoed about it had dire consequences well frank Uh, when franco francos about it has dire consequences you know know why anthony because he's not wearing a helmet. Kids. He's not wearing a helmet. Wear a helmet or you'll get uh, amnesia. I, That'll make you fucking daffy. <laughs> this is that action sequence that we were alluding to in the beginning. And I just got to say that first, like when I saw the first, like Peter and Harry Peter. fighting CG, I was like, yeah, you're learning how to make a movie. Yeah, I love this. 10, 15 more of these will really nail it. Uh, he loses the ring, and then they fight, and they go down the world's n- narrowest and longest alleyway while while Harry throws knife pumpkins at Peter, and Peter's like, I hate those things, until Peter slings back uh, one of them momentarily, uh, blinding uh, uh, Harry, and then he sets up a freaking clothesline, and Harry falls to the ground and snaps his head on a dumpster and then gets amnesia. I love the whole so- thing. Did, when he says, I hate those things, did the original Goblin have those things? Yeah, he did. No, he did. Remember in, in the fire the sequence, right? Fire sequence, yeah. When oh, he that's right. The spin and but it, they like, weren't they through. weren't bats though. They looked like shuriken or something when he yeah. had them, didn't they? This yeah, one I was very. Like, this one was closer in form to when Batman in in Batman Returns goes boop, 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 and then throws yeah. the battering and it flies on its own. Kind of looked like that. Got that. Mm-hmm. Got that vibe. Uh, what I, what I appreciate love- about this action scene is, and you guys talked about a little bit where the CG is like it's it's bad, but it's like enjoyable to watch still it like doesn't completely take you out of it you can focus on like the choreography as opposed to the like Mm -hmm. disgustingness of it all um but i appreciate that this is one of the few if only times in the raimi trilogy where we get to see spider-man swing fighting like Mm -hmm. actually having momentum moving through the alley and like using the different uh scaffolding and stuff to like fight i appreciate that because normally it's just kind of like more of a one-on-one fighter. Yeah. There's the the wall fight for Doc Ock, but it's cool that there's actual like movement and stuff. We see a lot more yeah. of this, I think, done very well uh, for this element of it in Amazing Spider-Man Two versus yeah. Electro. And like, I, this, uh, is the, this is the part where the ring is like at play, right? Where he's trying to get back yeah. oh, to the ring. Because yeah, I thought that was a cool element so too. Much. Like in terms of action choreography, I always think that's a good choice of like having there be some kind of element or X factor to like keeping the viewer's attention on something that is outside of just the the core action itself. And this was like one of the few moments I would say in even these three movies where I was like, oh snap, this is all framed very well in terms of putting you into the fight. And it's a very Spider-Man moment too, right? Like here's Spider-Man ruining Peter's life and Peter's thing. You've got the ring, which is like the symbol of the whole thing. And I was like, this is, this is good. They're figuring out how to juggle all this stuff. Um, and, and this is why, like you were saying, Bless, like when I was rewatching this for the first like 20, 30 minutes, I was like, oh, wait, I think maybe I like Spider-Man 3 more than I yeah. thought. Because this 
whole beginning is really good. And then also, I just want to say, when Harry is like flying around on his thing, he mirrors some of like Willem Dafoe's stuff. Like he drags like the way he moves. Along, he drags his hand along the side of the alley just for yeah, fun. The way like, cool. yeah, like I just, balloons. they're doing cool. stuff. They're doing stuff. Somebody watched the prior movie at least. And that's yeah. good. That's a good start. Uh, so I need you to move on because I need <laughs> to hear your thoughts on this hospital scene. All right, hold on. Before we get there, of course, the dude from Babe gets an update that they've cornered Flint Marco in the marshlands. Flint falls in the sand pit, which it turns out is a super secret experiment of demolecularization, which for some reason they're doing at midnight. What Uh, are they sciencing? And they're not watching this at all with the use of a camera or a window. They're just like, I'm sure everything will be fine in there. I it's don't probably know. a bird. You could probably check to see if it's the size of a bird or something. Maybe we'll stop. Guys. Maybe it's a kid. What if it's with a kid that science. fell in there? Well, too late now. Let's just go. I with think bird. James Cromwell also was a pretty dope choice for Captain Stacy, even though James Cromwell should know. Always a great choice, and I know that I'm going to catch some flack for the utter disrespect that I just showed Mr. Cromwell for calling him the dude from Babe. But he this is, the dude is from this, Babe. This is what I'll, I'll tell you. you: if you haven't fucking watched Babe. And if you have watched Babe and you didn't cry at the end of Babe, you're dead inside. That movie is great. That'll do Both Babe movies are amazing. Pig in the City. Pig in the City. (laughs) Pig in the City rules. Pig in the City rules so hard. Which one's better? Which one's better? Pig in the City or or Home Alone? Pig in the City. All right. Pig in the City is way better. When was the last time you watched Pig in the City? He gave the second choice. He just said it. Yeah, he just said Pig in the City is done. When was the last time? When was the last time you watched Pig in the City? I think I only saw it once in theaters because I was a big fan. It's a brilliant anti-capitalist screed from uh from the one and only director of the Mad Max series. Damn. Okay. Cool. That makes. I mean, I'll go check Mm -hmm. that out. It's that one and. Fury Road. Uh, of course, Flint gets mo- his molecules fused with the sand and dissolves into the sand, uh, including his clothes and his belt, which is presumably made of metal. Remember that. Uh, the scene Haley- is incredible. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's obviously it's cool. dated now, but it was at the time, like so much of the stats I was saying earlier, like this is the reason that so much shit was delayed. Like this scene alone took so long and like the, it was pushing CG forward in such an incredible way. But I love that they tried to get artsy with it. Like I love the score. I love how just kind of, they let this all play out and we see the rock start to move. And as he gets up and like kind of falls and it's like this beautiful story of man. Yeah. And then and it, the rest of the movie happens, but also just the sound mix of this in- entire scene might be the most intense thing I have ever experienced in this home theater the atmos mix on this it's spinning around and it is just it sounded like i was in a blender i need next time you guys come over i need to show you because it will scare the fuck out of you i am not okay with it i don't know how it got approved it is bad mixing for sure it's a really Uh, good scene though yeah yeah. i loved it and then we're like wow this movie's pretty good so far i wonder if there's anything bad right around the corner Harry wakes up in the hospital the next day with no memory of anything, but instead of using this amazing opportunity to talk to your friend about the things that have happened in the past when he's calm and collected, Peter just lets it ride. He's like, you know what? Shit's really going my way right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ride this tremendous fortune and wave of luck until it crashes against the shore. He literally says to the doctor, oh, is it, do you think this is going to be permanent? The doctor's like, it might be. And he's like, Fuck yeah, paycheck. Good enough for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, the doctor's Fear like... Fear is uh, such a self-centered coward, man. Hilarious. Uh, but are you then, saying that he acts like a toddler? Like, holy shit. Like, that... He nailed it. Like, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, what <laughs> was the direction there? He's so fucking weird. Frank, like, if you cut over and he was just smearing his own feces in the wall, you'd be like, oh, Harry. Okay. Stop, Harry. He's like, he's like, can we go get pudding, Peter? He's like, we go yes, get pudding? Harry. 
Yeah, Harry. Well, Harry's been pudding, good. Buddy. Harry's a good boy. Uh, let's see. Then they leave, and the nurse tells Harry, "Hey, man, you got some lovely friends there." And Harry says, "My best friends," and I give my life for them. And the nurse replies, "That is very dramatic. It's a very dramatic thing to say." And he's like, "I'd also That's kill li- for them." And the nurse is like, "Okay, this is gonna go. This is good." Uh, That's literally not the way Harry acted before nope. his memory loss. No. Like, why would they're not going back to square one? They're going back to something that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, over in the marshland, Flint tries over and over again. This is a, this is to me is the standout scene in this movie, in my in my opinion. I I like it. I think it's very indicative of the character itself and how he's trying to like. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to come back and like redeem himself to some degree and like do yeah. this thing, and he keeps falling over and over again until he spots the locket from Penny. Which I'm not even mad that it's made of metal, and so is his belt loop. And so why the fuck would or his belt buckle? Why the hell would this locket still be made there? Why would not it not have gotten dissolved in his hand as well? But it doesn't matter because when he spots maybe Penny, the, maybe the belt buckles off frame, Nicholas. Why are his pants and his shirt still there? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> science. But he uh, that gives him the motivation he needs to put himself back together and go to work. Uh, I again, I think this is awesome. This is one of those scenes. This thing that Tim was talking about it took forever to render and all the animators and all that stuff. But I think it's totally worth it. They did three years of research for for the sand effects, which was like crazy. They had like sand sculptors like come in and do stuff for them. They were like doing wind tests. It was really it's crazy. Like if you ever get a chance to watch like the behind the scenes making of for the sand effects. It's nuts. That's pretty cool. Uh, the next day, M- uh, MJ comes over. with. She's like, oh, my God, the reviews are in. And they, guess what they said? I can't sing. And I was like, wow, I actually do have uh, a good opinions on things, it turns out, Tim, uh, regardless of what the comments say. Uh, and Peter's <laughs> like, don't worry about it. This shit happens to me all the time. I'm Spider-Man. People are always trying to bar- you know, criticize me. And she's like, uh, no, I look at these words as if my father wrote them. And, and Peter's like, oh, I'll pretend like I didn't hear that because that's a lot to unpack right now. And we're, we got lunch reservations. Uh, when, of course, Peter, when, she, when she's like, it's not about you. And he's just like, he's just like trying to put the happy face on. And he's talking about like himself. I was just like, holy shit, this dude is such a self-centered, like, let's just fix it and move on. And here's what I'm like. And it's just like, dude, this is. Peter is the worst in this movie. I cannot defend. I've been defending the Raimi, the Raimi Peter, you know, to you guys, and I can't in this movie. He's indefensible. He's not horrible. He's not my Peter. Uh, the scene is interrupted Peter. by Peter. a Peter. Dad, you quit. Hey, Cliff Robertson died making this movie. No Cliff Robertson jokes, Nicholas. Yeah. So don't point. you set him off, Timothy. You're this right, was wait, right. wait, this was Cliff Robertson's last movie. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. Oof. Fuck. It's a hard one to leave behind. Yeah. Uh, The scene is is interrupted by a police call that comes over the scanner uh, that talks about uh, a crane. (laughs) That's out of control. Man, the Spider-Man universe, we are just obsessed with cranes in this this household. And then he he looks at uh, Mary Jane and he says, go get him, Tiger. And she's like, no, bro, we're talking here. And he's like, sorry. And he bangs out. Uh, Turns out, though, we cut over. Gwen Stacy, very multifaceted. Very, very smart scientist, dedicated college student, and also copier machine model. Making Gwen a model was a very interesting it choice. It was an interesting choice. And it's it's funny because you think, oh, okay, well, she's a model. That's going to come into play to some degree. Or maybe the copy machines or whatever the hell she's modeling are going to come to play. None of that has any relevance to anything. I think they just wanted her to like 
be on all fours on a copier machine because that would be sexy or something like that. I'm not quite sure why this happened. She could have yeah. literally just been in the building. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing is like there was no reason for it to be a photo shoot. And if you're doing a photo shoot to show off Gwen Stacy as like hot model or whatever, like even this was weird because she was just like hanging out by a copy machine dressed for the office. And I'm just I'm just trying to figure out, like, taking the model thing from MJ and giving it to Gwen. I think that's and, like, what it was. Like, what are they trying to do here? And I think but it's, this but is, it's, but this is a... more indicative of the Raimi thing where it's like, he doesn't know what to do with women. He doesn't know what to do with these women. I mean, that, that's what this reads to, to me as, is yeah. like, it's, it's them it's going, terrible. how do, how do we make a character that's somehow worse than MJ? And that's how we get Gwen Stacy. Because, like, the to the to the model thing, like... I don't know, like, it, it it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't feel... It, the way they introduce Gwen doesn't make her feel like an important character to the story. Like, it's not until later scenes where she comes back. I, I remember I remember watching this this movie the first time, where she comes back, and I was like, oh, shit, was that the girl from the last scene? Like, right. this movie does not treat her like an important character, even though she's somehow an important character. But we have an interesting setup for it, right, though, because the first time we meet her, she answers a question that's very sciencey and beyond yeah. my ability to answer the question. And so you're like, oh, she's smart. And she's she's obviously... Going to Columbia, is that where Peter goes? Yep. I don't know, whatever university it is, it looks expensive. So she's smart enough to get in. We know her dad's a cop and he's on that cop salary. So she's got some scholarships. Presumably she's put the work in here. There is a nice dichotomy between uh, between Gwen Stacy and MJ in this movie. And mm -hmm. to pit these two characters sort of against each other with through Peter could have been interesting. It could have been right. interesting to have MJ be jealous of Peter's relationship with this woman who has a lot in common with him. Um, and or vice versa, have have Gwen be like, I have a crush on this guy Peter because he's super smart. He's in my class, kind yeah. of dorky, and he's dating this famous Broadway actress. Like that's that's yeah. kind of an that's the, there's some interest there that we well, could have played the idea with. That, yeah. We make her a copy machine model, and the idea that she and Peter could could vibe on that level. You know what I mean? Like yes. that could be something. He's getting something from Gwen that he doesn't get from MJ. Right. And especially when you're trying to set up Eddie Brock, who are who we are about to meet in the worst way possible. Oh yeah. Um, setting up Eddie Brock as a mix between his amazing six his six one six Earth six sixteen and his ultimate, ultimate universe. It's kind of interesting. The idea yeah. of the idea of Eddie Brock as a bizarro Peter Parker, I think, is a is an interesting idea, and I think is something Sam Raimi tried to take to make Venom interesting to him because Sam Raimi hates Venom. So Eddie and Gwen being this bizarro Peter and MJ could have been a very cool thing, but they just set it up and then just leave it. They do nothing with it. I think the big problem is it goes back to in order for the MJ Gwen kind of thing to work, we need. Peter to be better than he is and not just in this movie and all of them because like, when you look at his relationship with MJ it's not there is nothing missing from their relationship in his mind because she's literally just a 10 out of 10 perfect to him even when she fails in his mind he's all googly eyed and like you were the best thing I ever saw like it's just weird like they set it up as if she is just utterly flawless or at least he doesn't give a shit yeah she's absolutely um but it doesn't matter because I'll tell you one thing right now, guys, all of that, all of that very, very well constructed and in my opinion, very well worded criticism. You better take that and stuff it out the fucking window because the scene that happens next, come on, with him catapulting himself, the crane hits, whatever the guy, and then Spider-Man flies in and he saves her a split second before those fucking like massive concrete things slam into each other. 
Somebody knew what they were doing somewhere in this movie. Yeah. Somebody knew the, somewhere, yeah. The, the action's it's, on that point. That part's awesome. The action is great in this movie. The action's on point. They figured it out. But, like, they're also the only- trying to juggle 18,000 things in this scene where it's like, okay, well, the so crane's happening, and Anthony. then Eddie Brock runs up to Captain Stacy, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God, that's Gwen. Oh, by the way, I'm Eddie Brock, sir, and I'm dating your daughter. It's like my right. daughter's about to die, Brock. Get like, the fuck bro, out of here with this. Yeah. Like the girl you're want, dating is about to die. You smarmy Go, motherfucker. And you're smiling Stop. with the Stop camera. It. Go back and watch that again, too, because, and this is no disrespect to the guy from Babe, but no disrespect. I'd like to think that if anyone I knew, anywhere even remotely like any of my friends or casual acquaintances, were hanging off the building above me, and I was, I was about to watch them with my own eyes fall to their death like 40 stories i would probably be a little less calm than james cromwell was here he doesn't seem like he knows this person that's that's dangling from the freaking thread above him but it's supposed to be his daughter he like he's not worried at all in this it's very very weird like now, some people could say nick james cromwell cool motherfucker right cool as a cucumber maybe you just don't know because you're not james cromwell and i'm like touche well he also doesn't know until eddie until eddie gets out his telephoto right but like I don't know. Pay attention to what's going on in your daughter's life. Didn't you know she had the copy machine thing in Midtown at this very building this day? Probably a big deal for her. She's trying to build her portfolio. I mean, every James time I have Cromwell. a co- every time I have a copy machine shoot, I put it on Tim's calendar too, just so he knows why. Please, if I have um, a copy, if I have a copy <laughs> machine shoot, I'm telling the squad. Tim, I got that the Xerox shoot tomorrow. <laughs> Tim, we're going to lunch after the Xerox shoot tomorrow. I'm getting that gonna, copy machine money. I want, I want my friends to know. Exactamundo. Uh, <laughs> then Eddie introduces himself to Peter, and he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Eddie Brock. I'm the new guy over at the Daily Bugle." And Peter's like, "My fucking ass, you are." Uh, then we cut over there. Miss Brant watches Jameson's blood pressure while we get, um, uh, while he gets a presentation. And let me tell you guys, if you thought to yourself, "Hey," Is this buzzer bit going to wear thin very quickly? You'd be right. You would be right. This bit is terrible. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam, buddy, baby, booby. I love you. And I'm, I'm your staunchest defender on this show. Listen to Carboni. When you say there wasn't enough time to put in all of these story threads that you wanted to put in, there was enough time for the five-minute slogan bit starring your brother. Can we just like pull back and take like, let's see the forest for the trees view here, Sam. And I love Betty Brant. You know I want more Betty Brant in my life. This is not how I wanted it. Monkey's paw of a man. Yep. Oh wow, that is Sam Raimi's brother. Why did not even know that? You just blew my mind. <sighs> anyway, JJ, Eddie sneaks in and and he's all he's a little stinky and everyone's like, "What's that smell?" And he goes, "That's Brock, sir." And he gives JJ some new photos and wins out between his and Peter's photos because his are cooler. Uh, and then JJ pits him, does what any good boss would do, pits them against each other. He takes the pool cue, snaps it in half. There's only room for one of you here. Uh, I want that public. I want the public to see Spider Man for the fake that he is. I want I want a picture of Spider Man with his hand caught in the cookie jar. So Peter, he's like, you're never going to get that photo. And he's like, my ass, I won't. Peter bounces and sees a ticker tape that says Spider-Man to receive the key, the keys to the city. And who should stand right next to him, Tim? Stan Lee. And he says, you know, I guess one man can make a difference. Enough said. And it's like, Stan Lee, you are a treasure. Well, you are missed. Stan Lee uh, has said that this is his favorite cameo. It's a great cameo. Of, of it's, a, it's a great one. It's a good one. Uh, Harry and Peter head back to Harry's penthouse, and it's weird. Oh, my God. Guys, all right. I thought the hospital scene was like the peak of this. Oh, this is amazing. Them 
awkwardly bouncing the basketball in the hallway. It is so funny. And like Carboni said earlier, like somehow he has reverted to a completely new person. I never once would have believed that Harry and Peter, the Harry and Peter we knew from the other movies, have ever touched a basketball first off. But the way that they're all like, it had the vibe of like, yeah, remember when we were kids shooting hoops? No, guys, no. The Tommy thing is spot on. Let alone if they had the basketball, it wouldn't have had Peter's name on it in Sharpie. It would have been Harry's name, if anything. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You mean the guy that's six foot three, not the guy that's five foot six? The tall, good looking guy who, (laughs) like, I think it looks clearly athletic that he would play basketball, not the guy that's donated his entire life to science. How did Peter Parker own one basketball? Get out of here. Get out of here. And they're just, they're just like, they're just bouncing the ball through the Dakota or wherever the hell Harry is supposed to live. And fucking Bernard is there and he's just saying things <laughs> and he just can't Bernard. even deliver a line. Bernard is in there and he's just like, oh, boopity boopity boop. And I'm just like, I can't even remember what Bernard says because it, it doesn't sound like a human. It just sounds like a man reading off a card. Yep. It sounds like a 1990s speech synthesizer. You remember when you used to type into Max? Yeah. Like back in the 90s, you'd be like, I can make my Max say, yeah, I can say my Max, I can make my Max say poopy poop poop. And it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a human. It sounds like a robot. That's what Bernard sounds like. It sounds like they're whispering the lines in his ear as he's trying to say them. Why didn't they recast Bernard at any point during this trilogy? I don't know. Bernard! But I'll tell you this right now, guys. <laughs> Peter throws the ball. He's like, catch. And Harry's like, oh. And then stumbles and then catches a face and palms the ball. And then Peter goes, you still got the moves. <laughs> what? The moves, Anthony. The what? moves. In the Holy first movie, fuck. Peter gets into a fight, and somebody asks Harry to help, and he refrains. And that's the most physicality we ever get out of Harry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJ heads back to her show and finds that they have replaced her uh, with a lead that can actually sing. And no one's surprised. Uh, this is you a weird You do not get fired scene. from a Broadway show with a message on your machine. <laughs> Well, they said there is one throwaway line where he's like, we talked, we, we called her agent. Did the agent not yeah. like say that? Uh, and it's very, very sad. And then the producers are like, we can tell people that uh, you felt ill or something like that. And she's like, no, nah, I'm just going to bounce. Um, let's see. Then uh, as she runs out, we get the scene in the parade where Peter heads to the parade for a Spider-Man where they give him the keys to the city. Turns out Eddie uh, isn't dating Gwen after all. They just had coffee one time and he's just been creeping her out ever since. Uh, and then a couple of beat cops chase Flint Marco into a truck full of sand. And man, it does not go well for them. Uh, MJ and Harry catch up and MJ confides in him that uh, she was like, oh, he's like, how's the play going? She's like, I actually got fired today. And he's like, oh no, that sucks. Turns out Harry is like, he's like, you know what's funny? I've been meaning to tell you this. I've never really told you this in all the time you've been an actor, Tim, but back when you first started at IGN, I actually wrote a full play for you. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't, Harry. No, you did not, Harold Osborne, a delinquent who got kicked out of 15 schools. You did not sit down and write a play for a, a girl that you only play. hit on because your best friend who your father liked more wanted her. What Wanted her. Yeah. You absolutely did not do that, Harry. I also want to say that the way they're painting MJ as jealous of Spider-Man here in the first act is not a good look. And as much as MJ has been thrown under the bus for the past two movies, she gets real thrown under the bus in Spider-Man 3. She sure does. And man, this scene is something. Gwen gives Spider-Man an awesome intro as he swings in as the marching band, who we can all agree 
are the true heroes of this film. Play the OG Spider-Man theme, and it slaps. It slaps, man. This is so awesome. And I will say for what Carboni's talking about, it's real bad. Like, the, they don't handle the story well at all. But there's two elements, three elements, that make this scene fantastic for me. One, the song, obviously. Two, the kids saying, no, no Spider-Man, don't, don't do, do it. it. Like, that is so That's funny. Great. But then there's the third that legitimately, us as an audience, all of us, every time I watch this movie, I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, don't do this. Don't do this, Spider-Man. Don't do this. Don't do this. This is bad. This is really bad. And every time he does it, and every time it hits hard. I, I, I don't give a fuck about Mary Jane in these movies. But in this instant, I'm like, no. You broke her heart. Why? It's- Why would he let Gwen Stacy take the mask off him to kiss him? Why would he do that? What in this moment? Remember, this is pre-symbiote. He's not wearing the symbiote. Exactly. He's he's just an asshole. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, when you, no matter how you skin it, this is a dick move. And this is a move that Mary Jane has every right to be angry about. And especially since that was, like, the literal exact way they had their first kiss. And, like, the most romantic thing ever. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and kiss me. The kids will love it. And meanwhile, we have evidence that the kids will not love it. Kids do not love it. There's that kid in the front who's like, don't do this to me. This is traumatic. I haven't discovered girls yet or my sexuality. Anyway, it's a little kiss him. on the cheek, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, a, a little, little kiss, kiss on a the cheek. One. Not not below the mask, above the mask. That's yeah. a superhero first base. Yeah. Also, you know, like, you know, Spider Man. <laughs> it's it's very it's very weird, and yeah, and and goes again toward my my point earlier, where I'm like Spider Man. Peter Parker's actions in this are kind of shitty. Yeah. And yeah, let me tell you something. Once again, this is not Sony. This is not the studio. This is there's no way this was a studio note. This was Sam Raimi writing this. Sam and Ivan Raimi put this in clearly. Bad so news what's up? So you hate Peter from here on out. But do you hate I, Sandman? Uh thankfully Sandman nope. flies in and breaks up the, the party uh because he's on he's on his way to rob an armored car. Uh and Spider Man Spider flies in and says, like, listen, man, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm the sheriff around here. And then Flint's like, Oh yeah, and just knocks his ass out of the car. And I like this scene. I think oh yeah, this action sequence is cool and fun. It's so good. Thomas Hayden Church lost ten pounds of fat and gained twenty-eight pounds of muscle. He got jacked. He is ripped in he's that big. scene. Anytime he stands, he does this thing before he turns into sand where he, where he like flexes a bicep. He like bends at the elbow before he turns into sand. And every time he does it, I'm like, fuck, the Sandman's ripped. He's going to kick your ass, dude. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of those things where you're like, how is Peter ever going to beat him? And it turns out water is the key, Tim. Yeah, it's he just water. Life. So has Flint not been showering since the accident? You don't need to. Where's he going to shower? Uh, uh, the gym? Clearly, still got a gym membership. The why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gas station. I'm so excited to see him and the other villains returning in a MCU produced movie. Like, just imagining, like the elements are there. Like, so many things look cool, but to actually have it have that next level 2021 production, let's go. That's, That's gonna, gonna be, be so cool. sick. Did you see the leak? Did you see the leak of the new Goblin suit? No. I'll show you the leak of the new Goblin okay. suit. Okay. Okay. We don't want to spoil it for the um, for the best friends, but it's out there you, if you want to see it. Okay. It's interesting that you mentioned this because this next scene is one that I feel every Spider-Man movie has a little thing that like kind of breaks the world for me. You know, I mean, obviously I've teased before, but the, the mention of like any real world elements like Superman or Julia Roberts, stuff like that. But this one takes the freaking cake. He goes up to the top of the building and takes his boot off to shake it out. 
and the costume has a little stirrup at the bottom to keep it from riding up. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> I love it. It just it just is too real. It's like that's an element that you put as a costumer into the costume. So the boot stays correctly with the thing. But it's like weird that they left that on there for this. It just doesn't look very good on camera, I guess. Is what no. And what's funny is like when he's in the full suit, like there is no seam for that booty. Like no. it's all clearly one. It's very interesting. I, I want to point out that when he punches through, this has always been one of my fun fa- favorite fun facts. When he punches through Flint's chest the first time, mm-hmm. they hired a retired boxer who had uh, lost his hand. Oh. And so that's why Spider-Man is like throwing really good punches. And then when he punches through his chest, it looks convincing is because the dude just like took a swing and went right up against Thomas Hayden Church's chest. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Little bits of tidbit. Tim, where were you on that one? I had it, but was, you know, the thing I'm learning about Carboni is like, I don't even need to write the facts down. He just Fair has enough. them here. I love, uh, love Spider Man's. Later that <laughs> night, later that night, Peter heads out to his restaurant to propose to MJ. Uh, while MJ stews on the upside down kiss pictures, that's pretty much everywhere, all over the newspapers in town. Uh, we get another cameo from a banger, Bruce Campbell. Who is it just- a cameo? Is it a it cameo? It goes on a long time. How long is a cameo to you, Nicholas? Let me ask you, Nick. You're a, you're a big you're a big movie sure. fan. You're sure. a film buff. Sure. You know all the terms. You know the lingo. In your mind, what's the difference between a cameo and a featured supporting role in a film? Just if we had to spitball it. If I'm spitballing off the top of my head, the amount of dialogue that someone has in this and the amount what of time they, on screen. What would they and, have to have? Something like 20 lines, 20, 30 lines, half the dialogue in a scene? To be to be a cameo? No, to um, be a supporting. Yeah. To be a support. To be, like, uh, I mean, Bruce Campbell, definitely. This is definitely not a cameo situation like it was okay. in the cool. first one. That's what I thought. And so I once again want to say, Sam Raimi... Did you run out of time for story because of what Sony wanted? Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi? Samuel. Please. I'll, Samuel. I'll tell you this, though, uh, Carboni. <laughs> Bruce Campbell's whatever uh, uh, fiat that he bought with the, with the money from this, he owes all to Sam Raimi. Because he was Dude, probably going to get like, one line in this. And, and, he, and Sam's like, why don't we buy you a house? And he's like, cool. I'll shoot when for 20 Sam Raimi secures the when, when Bruce Campbell secures the bag, we all are happy. And I do want to say, like, he does have fun with it. And his line where he's like, of course, I'm French. No, he says, they look I at love each it. Other, Romance. I am French. Yeah, I am French. And they look at each other like, clearly you're not French. And I'm just like, this is good. But it takes up too much time in this film. Now, Bless, I don't think you know this because earlier Kev kind of alluded to it and you seem surprised. But do you know what the plan was for Bruce Campbell in future Spider-Man movies? No. Wait, was he Uncle Ben? Mysterio. He was Mysterio. Oh, wait. Great. Wait, re- wait, like future Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? Oh, so he's just everywhere. He just is this guy that keeps popping up. That actually would they, have been genius. They had planned oh. they had planned six films. Six were planned out, and the idea was Bruce Campbell would eventually be Quentin Beck. That would have been cool. How, or could, he, uh, how could he be how? Uncle Ben? How could he be Uncle well, Ben? Well, no, I thought you, I thought I mean, you meant like Amazing Spider-Man or I don't care. <laughs> I thought you meant like other, like the fact that in in like future Sam Raimi shit, I kind of yeah. I kind of dig the idea that he's just like always been there and he's just well, an illusion in Peter's life or some shit. Well, because he, he's clearly omniscient. <laughs> he's always he's everywhere. He's at every major uh, intersection of Peter's life. He's a watcher, man. What if it's Uatu? What if? 
Uh, MJ comes in. Things go <laughs> from bad to worse when she sits down. And who do we see also eating in that restaurant? One, Gwen Stacy, who pops over to say hello. And MJ is like, oh, how do you two know each other? She's like, oh, I'm one of Peter's lab partners. And and he, she's like, oh. Now, we, <laughs> we did not know this. We knew that she was in the class, but we didn't know that they, like, really knew each other. Right. This Peter is, is such a skis, dude. You're shit Horrible. back here, Peter. You are a shitbag. Go ahead. You are into this girl. You're into this girl in your class, mm -hmm. and you just straight up let her try to make out with you in front of the entire city and the woman you're about to ask to marry you? Mm -hmm. Shitty dude. Not, not no symbiote yet. Let's put it this way. You got some, you got some explaining to do. You really you do. Some you got some explaining to do, buddy. Uh, He's so handsy with him too in this scene yeah. gwen stacy is just like massaging his shoulders it's like well, she's again oh, yeah let's put it this way does gwen stacy know that peter has a girlfriend because the way peter's yes. acting i don't think he ever mentioned her during the lab partner. she says that peter talks about him all the time or her all the oh, time okay good point good point good point oh so pete Peter's talks just... about you all the time i've heard so many good things again though get your fucking hands off him then again though again though gwen doesn't like pete she likes spider-man just like MJ likes Spider-Man. Everyone, nobody likes Pete. Uh, she says, she's your lab partner. You saved your life. That was our kiss. Why would you do that? Are you trying to push me away? And Peter's like, no, MJ, I love you. And she's like, do you? Because you just maxed it down on Gwen Stacy. Uh, MJ leaves as they bring Peter his champagne with a ring in it. And this whole scene is just... The humor here, the ugh, whatever. It's it just it just doesn't it's work. Just it's, it's doing a lot, but I, I appreciate and it's another bad callback here. But the music they're playing is the song that MJ sang in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's just like even that feels tone deaf for Peter to choose, where it's like, cool, she doesn't have that job anymore, Peter. Like yeah. this is just insult to injury. Like but he doesn't know that thought, at this point. Right. But if he spent five minutes just, with his girlfriend, he's he proposing he to. Yeah. yeah. But to be fair, that like, and this is the thing too, is like, this is where the writing really starts to break down and, and the characters start to feel very, very thin, mm -hmm. is that he should know that. This yes. movie doesn't feel real because MJ should have been like, Pete, I, I lost my job. Like, she should have called him and been like, dude, they fucking fired me. And I don't feel like going out to dinner right now because I just got lost my job. Like, these are, yeah. these characters talk like sitcom characters from the 90s, where it's all just stupid dialogue to get them into these dramatic irony situations that just are feel so yeah. dated at this point what if i say anything but what a human would say in this situation <laughs> yeah exactly what if i talk like yeah exactly uh snowbike mike just joined the conversation and i'm curious to see what his perspective is on this scene mike yeah, that was crazy, man. I can't believe that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, Mike. Right, thank thanks, you, Mike. Mike. Thank you, Mike. Um, we'll check in with Mike it. again. Mike, Mike will hang out. We'll check in. We'll, we'll, I want to get his perspective as we as we continue as this story continues to progress. Uh, Peter gets a call from the dude from Babe. Turns out, <laughs> Tim, you forget everything you know about Dead Uncle Ben's murder because. The guy with the frosted tips whose name eludes me right now, he's not the guy that killed Uncle Ben. Turns out Flint Marco was the guy that really killed Uncle Ben. I don't hate it. <laughs> like, it, it, when you start thinking about it too hard, it ends up not making sense. Because, like, at some point, like, why would, have, at the very least, Aunt May not known, like, who the right. real killer is? Like, just with, I'm not too familiar with murder, but, like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that if, if the police and shit found out and, like, were, like, hunting someone down for a murder, like, oh, it wasn't the person you thought it was, that's information they let you know. 
as a family. You, yeah, you'd be I really don't, surprised. I, yeah. I don't think Spider-Man needs more motivation to hunt down the giant man made of sand other than the crime man is, is made of sand and he's doing a crime. Right. I understand the motivation because the best Spider-Man villains have connections to Peter in his personal life. But hey, man, you've already got Eddie Brock in this movie. You've already got Harry Osborn in this movie. Could Flint Marco not just be a dude made of sand who's trouble? Yeah, I, kinda, I, I, I hated this a little bit, especially because we're coming, we're watching this coming off of watching Spider-Man 1 a few weeks ago. And if there was any sort of hint, I know they weren't thinking about it at the time, but if there was any sort of hint of like, hey, was it me? Like, I didn't do it or some shit like that as yeah. Peter was murdering him. Then I would think this is 100% like forgivable and cool. The fact that this feels totally like a metal gear uh, uh style hey it was nano machines the whole time oh yeah sandman killed uncle ben in that movie years and years ago that you watched and hopefully forgot by now i, I feel My like it's accomplice such a weird choice who is standing just out of frame yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't see it but there's a supercut where he's actually holding the elevator door for the guy oh i digress man. uh peter goes off on the guy from babe and the guy from babe's like hey Calm down, kid. Like, don't talk to me like that. And Peter's like, you just told me that the guy that I thought killed my father figure is not that guy. I have every right to be mad about this. Yeah. Uh, and now I have another chance at vengeance. Uh, so now he's going to go kill that guy. And it's I'm going to put that guy in the forever sleep. It's a line I wrote on this piece of paper. It did not hit. MJ comes over I'm to check on Peter. <laughs> and she brings up the fact that Peter straight murdered the other dude. She straight up is like. Which is weird. <laughs> She's like, like the other time, Peter's like, he fell. He fell, and I told you he fell. And it's like, does MJ <laughs> think that Peter murdered someone? Yeah, it's like this. Th hey, we're pulling back the layers of the onion here on yeah. this bad relationship. And thinking that your uh, your boyfriend maybe, like, murdered a it's dude like, or yeah, two. Yeah, a killer. That's a big thing. But I also want to say, here's a moment where in this movie, MJ kind of acts like a person in a relationship. Things are going badly. Mm-hmm. She didn't communicate everything that was going badly, but she knows, and, and because of that, she was hurt, but she knows Peter's having a rough time, and she shows up, right? She shows up anyway, and Peter's just an asshole. He sucks so bad in this scene. Right. It, it, He's the it, worst. It is another example of, of just them choosing these character traits for no other reason than just to further along some sort of conflict between these characters it's yeah fucking utterly terrible and it's it makes actually for kind of a an annoying an annoying watch from here on out i but, have no sympathy for spider-man at any point during this movie which is wild to me yeah yeah um let's see oh this is the part so he pushes her away because it's a movie uh and then venom finally climbs on venom's like you know what i'm tired of just hanging out over here in the corner i'm gonna finally climb on to peter uh, I'm not sure what Venom has been doing for the past week. Maybe he was asleep, but I'll tell you what, guys, this is the point of the movie where I think to myself, this movie could use 100% more jazz. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's mm -hmm. coming. Where am I? And Peter wakes up in the all new black Spider-Man costume, and it is dope as fuck. And then he talks to himself. He says, what is this? I feel, wow, this feels good. And then he takes off. Peter takes I over. But, I, I do want to say there was a there was a scene that was cut. I don't know if it was here or if it comes up later, like around the jazzy montage. But there was a scene where the symbiote fights crime and is very brutal. That was cut out of this movie. Hanging them up and shit, like hanging up like criminals, like in yeah. fucked up ways. I think it was, oh, yeah, I think it was on like the DVD or the Blu-ray. It might not have been on the UMD, bless. I'm sorry. 
Damn, that sucks. <laughs> is, this, is this movie the reason why like we haven't gotten like a Peter in a black Spider Man suit since yep. it? Yeah. This is the problem. I was talking to I was talking to Nick about this. Uh, I think after we saw Eternals, but the, the biggest problem with where we're at with these Spider Man movies is because they've rebooted. Because there's been so many of them, it, we're almost never just going to get a pure good version of so many iconic characters and storylines and, and moments like the black suit spider-man like how would they even make that work in tom holland's spider-man like i i'm hoping we get some version of it someday but like i just think we know too much and especially we'll see how they handle no way home but it's going to be a tall order for them I mean, to kind of like button it up i think it's easy unfortunately because we have because we have the tom hardy venom right now uh I think it would have been easy to do a black suit Spider-Man because we had Infinity War, we had Peter go to space, we're going to have the Kree Skrull War in Phase 4. There are opportunities for this symbiote to find its way to Peter Parker that makes sense within a cinematic universe that maybe didn't make as much sense for these movies. But, I, yeah, because, because Venom already exists in the SSU, like, I wonder if we'll ever see that. Yeah, it's just, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um. Yeah, I do. I do say, like, look, I like James Atchison. Y'all know that I love James Atchison's costumes throughout this entire trilogy. I didn't like the fact that Peter's spider suit was literally just his spider suit, but black. It rubbed I, me the wrong I, way. Like, I'm torn on it, Carboni, because I remember when I first saw the the posters and shit, I was a little let down where I was like, oh, come on, like... We want to see the big white spider and all that. Mm -hmm. But I do kind of think that over time I fell in love with it. Like the yeah. shots of him with the reflection on the skyscraper and it's like the normal suit and the black suit. I like that it's the the same thing and that it just kind of went over it. But okay. There's a slickness yeah. to it that I like that I really dig. And I think it the fact that it's just a black Peter Parker Spider-Man man suit makes it so that Eddie's Venom suit can kind of stick out by comparison. Ugh, unfortunately. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> Venom doesn't look terrible. I he think he does. He doesn't I don't great. think. Yeah, he also doesn't great. sound great. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Peter takes some of Venom over to Doctor Connors, who's pretty casual about the whole live symbiote thing, trying to bond with Peter. So like, casual about alien life. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Just, so casual. Both so of them. Weird. So casual. So weird. Uh, later, Peter hears a, a call. Shades of, of the, the shades of the Columbia University being like. Oh, did the super spider get out? Hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. weird. Has Nobody is. Hey, 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 Linda, make a note. The super spider got out. Oh, okay. <laughs> we should check that down at some point. Well, how how have we been how have we been storing them? Oh, we just been like putting them in jars yeah. and then mm, putting paper mm, on mm. top of the jar. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little little piece of paper. You know, like a, that that thicker wax paper. We put it on top. These spiders. Hey, are have you guys have you guys seen all the the news stories about the the man out there that that has spider powers? You think that has yeah. anything to do with the fact that no. our super spider got no? Oh, okay. you know what? You know what, Tim? I think I did see that, but I, different spider, different spider mm, powers. I don't probably different. The, hey, coincidence is a funny <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? And you know what we say in science: correlation is not causation. <laughs> not causation. <laughs> yeah. And don't be silly, Tim. Lots of people have super spider powers out there. Yeah, anyway. just like Spider Man says, where are these? Where are all these guys come from? Where do all these guys come from? Uh, later, Peter hears a call over the scanner about Sandman and decides to take the Venom suit out for a spin. Eddie shows up and tries to take a pic of Spidey, but Peter calls him a chump and smashes the his camera all over the place uh, and then takes out. And then Eddie's like, oh, yeah? Well, guess what? Would a chump have this cool digital camera? 
Rents.com. I guess you wouldn't. Thank you. Uh, Finally, somebody has a digital camera. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter. <laughs> no, Cliff Robertson died. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peter. Uh, let's see. Peter follows Flint down to the subway tracks and they fight. Uh, they start to fight and Peter uses water to beat him uh, and murder him. Thomas I, lo- I love the scene, even though I don't love the water being the solution. I feel like the the uh, villain weaknesses in this movie are definitely kind of a weak aspect because I didn't care for the water and I didn't care for the uh, sound, sound thing to take out Venom. And I don't know if there's any comic book like history there that leads yeah. to that. But either way, there it's is. not a great like it's not it's not a great solution for those. But the fight itself between Peter and uh, Sandman, I think is sick. Like when he pushes it's his so face good. into the train. That shit is brutal in a way that I like Iconic. looking looking back. I'm still like, damn, they actually did that in this movie. That's crazy. And they really do. It does show more than that stupid later scene that we're going to be talking about. It does show more than anything. This scene, the brutality of the symbiote. Right. And it shows it in a way that we're used to in the comic books, um, which makes me wonder why Sam Raimi gets it so wrong for the rest of this movie. Uh, mm. I do want to say Thomas Hayden Church broke three knuckles in this scene. They told him that uh, the column had been replaced with a breakaway brick, okay. uh, and the prop team had forgotten to do it. Great. And so they called action. He turned around to punch that breakaway brick on that column out of the way and straight up just broke three knuckles on the first take. Oh, my God. Good. Good. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, let's see. He no, you himself. haven't, you liar. <laughs> oh, God, no, dude. We've, put, we've all put knuckles into the role, Kevin. Have Kevin, you, you not bleed for your art sometimes? Kevin got a back injury last week for content. Kevin knows. Yeah, it's true. For Kevin content. decided to go slip and sliding around some stairs. <laughs> uh, okay, so then that. he walks out, and guys, this is there's in my opinion, there's two phases to this movie. Hmm. There's the setup phase, and then there's what we'll call the hepcat phase. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> This is when he walks out, sees his reflection in a broken mirror, and decides, hey, my hair is not quite stupid looking enough. Let me just comb it down. So now from, I would like everyone, if they can, to comb their hair down. It's like from this, this point where I don't time. think there's a good scene left in this movie. No, there's definitely Wow, bless. Left. I think that's where it runs out of gas completely. And blesses the believer. Yeah. Blesses oh, the believer. Even bad. more than me. <laughs> I've seen... Video essay breakdowns. Oh God, Carbone, you still look good though. That's not fair. Am I a bully? Am I a bully McGuire now? Bully McGuire, dude. You're emo spider. I've watched a bunch of video essays, like kind of in defense of Spider-Man Three and stuff. That's a common video essay thing is for like people to try to find the good in objectively horrible things. And I've I've seen multiple ones where they try to be like, this is why the symbiote doing what it did to Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire makes sense and like him why the jazz stuff adds up and i just i don't trust any of y'all like Here's the anytime thing. i've seen okay bless please <laughs> i'm not let gonna me know why not to I'm trust not, you i'm not defending the jazz stuff i think the jazz stuff was taking it way too far but this time around hearing the explanation of oh i think it was dr connors who's like the the symbiote just enhances what the person is feeling right it enhances who they are it is it turns you into kind of an extreme person a version of yourself i think the choices that peter makes outside of the weird dance number and jazz stuff all makes sense even him like walking around with extra swagger makes sense in my head in the version of peter that was never cool like he is being the version of cool that he thinks he is and the symbiote is exaggerating that version of cool that he thinks he is and for this nerd dude to be walking down the street and like being his in his element and him thinking that like the finger guns and all that shit is cool 
to me does make sense. I think actually that yeah. lines up. Well, my That's thing is, I, I don't think that I, but that that movies don't support cool. that. It's I know it's good. not cool, but like the the, the type of dork that this Peter Parker is, I don't believe that even he would think this is cool. It's so fucking weird. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, really it, weird. It, it's weird because it's I also Sam. I, this to me also feels like Sam Raimi pushing back against Sony, you know, and being like, well, I don't know how to make this cool because it's not cool and it's not a good character and I don't like this arc. And it feels like him pushing back against it, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, like, thematically, remember in the, last, in the last movie, we got raindrops keep falling on my head. This is not a weird or out of style thing for Sam Raimi to do. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Um, let's see. Peter heads home where his landlord's like, hey, your rent's due. <laughs> and he goes, you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. And then I, I lied. Like, there was one good scene left, and that was a good scene. I, I like that scene. Well, yeah. That was good. Uh, and again, standing up to Ditkovich. This landlord's just a slumlord. So it's like, don't feel bad about yelling at this guy because sometimes no. you, you got to yell at slumlords to get shit done. Uh, then he realizes that the Venom suit is bringing out the anger in him, so he takes it off. Uh, Pete tells Aunt May that Spider Man killed Flint Marco, and she's like, Really? So she's like, No, he didn't. And he's like, No, 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 he fucking killed him. And she's like, Oh, Spider Man doesn't kill people. Uh, silly. Uh, except for that one time he killed that guy in cold blood. But do you know? But you know, <laughs> talking about the guy who may have fallen, may or not fallen. Dead Uncle Ben meant the world to us, but he wouldn't want us living for one second with revenge in our hearts. And Peter's like, oh no. MJ gets a job as a waitress slash singer at a jazz club, not a real position, and then calls Harry, who has taken up a still life painting and actually is really good at it. <laughs> Talking about the the Aunt May stuff for a second, that scene was very weird to me, just with the thought of, like, she knows he's Spider-Man, right? And so this scene is basically Peter sitting her down being like, I killed, I killed that someone. man. Yeah. Which, like, is very weird. It yeah, this completely weird. undoes all of our, like, oh, in the second movie, it's very clear that Aunt May knows. And she gives she a 10-minute monologue that yeah. says everything but explicitly mm-hmm. saying, I fucking know. Yeah. So does she not know anymore? I think she's in there terrified, honestly. I think she's like, oh, damn, my nephew's a killer. She's got that goblin glider glider PTSD. Like, my nephew's a villain now. (laughs) She doesn't want her nephew breaking in on a spider web and hanging her from something else. (laughs) It's very strange. Uh, Let's see. uh, Harry tells Bernard that MJ is, or actually, excuse me, MJ gets a job as waitress, and then she calls Harry to, like, hang out with him, and she's like, I need a friend, and he's like, sure, come on over, and then Harry tells Bernard that MJ is coming over, and Bernard doesn't understand what a guest is, and I'm like, you are, you probably are the worst butler on the planet. Peter, actor. Terrible. Peter apologizes to Mr. Dickovich, who uses the opportunity to extort Peter for pizza, and then Ursula is super weird behind him, Uh, and then we get some really grainy night footage of the Osborne mansion, and MJ shows up. Then... They start cooking breakfast, and Tim, I'll tell you what, when, you're, when you first started dating Gia, man, when you were like, I really want to impress this, this person who I think I like right now, and I think I want to show her how contemporary I am, of course, your go-to song that you put on while you were cooking breakfast for Twist. dinner was Chubby Checker's Twist from 1960. Mm-hmm. Just two 20-somethings doing what 20-somethings do, making omelets, listening to Chubby Checker. In 2007. Yeah. So what, what is this, Carboni? Is this... Okay. This is the second official because we've talked a lot about Bully Maguire uh, walking down the street to music, but that mm-hmm. I don't think has actually happened yet. But gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, cool. We're, we're we're at number two for a uh, second song and dance number. I appreciate you keeping us straight here. It's important. Thank you. 
Uh, then they read all 80 pages of Harry's play that he wrote for MJ. And you're like, oh, you actually did that? Never you happened. You actually did that. Okay. And then the two, and, and I'll tell you what, I hate to say this. And Blessing, feel free to, to turn your camera off after I'm done with this if you're in disgust. Because I know how much you love this movie. And I know how much this franchise means to you. But Kirsten Dunst and James Franco have more chemistry in this five-second scene than Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst have in all three movies combined. No, you're right. He is. He's not wrong. You're right. You're and not it's, wrong. It's weird. <laughs> it's and sad. It's, it's super weird. It's weird how much MJ sucks in this scene again. <laughs> and then like, they decide to make her kiss him. Yeah. Like, oh, no. They take every, like, character that should be the redeemable character in, in this movie and mm -hmm. just turn them all into, like, assholes or just, like unforgivable right like peter the whole peter parker the whole movie is is that thing of yeah like uh, uh anthony put it well of he doesn't have any good lines after like that first scene like every, every single thing peter parker says sucks and mary jane who i think has like some scenes here and there where i'm like okay like i'm i'm unlocking this compared to what we've gotten so far they just squander it and like this is one of the key moments where they just straight up squander it Dude, if I was Kirsten Dunst, by the time this third one rolled around, I'd just be like, time for another Spider-Man paycheck, because these people obviously don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do my best. Make those it's, make those Marvel bucks. It's, I mean, we, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, I would, I mean, I don't know, I don't know Kirsten Dunst. I've never met her. I wish I did, though. I wish I could reach out and just have a conversation for five minutes with her and be like, how'd you get through that? <laughs> how did, how'd you do it? And then look at her mansion and be like, I'd have done the same thing, Kirsten. I'd have done the same yep. thing. Uh, let's see. And then she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Sorry, Harry. I shouldn't have done that. And then Harry's like, no problem. I'll, I'll handle this well. And he handles it by just going straight to the bottle. And guess what? Scientists, you fucking idiots. All of you dumb fuck doctors out there. How did you not know that alcohol is the cure for amnesia? You stupid idiots. All you needed was a little shot of Jack Daniels to bring all those wonderful people's memories well, back. No. It has to be out of a crystal decanter, though, Nick. Oh, is that what I'm missing? Is that the key factor yeah, here? The decanter that's the factor? Thing. If, you have, if you have any other kind of like whiskey or bourbon uh, just sort of out of any other what I call working class vessels. No, oh, you mean the peon, uh, peon vessel? Yeah. Yeah, the sort of things that you and I might have in our apartment. That's not going to cure anything. But um, if you have a lovely crystal decanter... All the memories come flooding back. Just also, come flooding back. can I? Just, can we just? It took Kirsten Dunst like ten and a half seconds to run down that hallway. Mm -hmm. That was such a long hallway, and they held on that. Like I was just like, "Why is this for comedic effect?" She's not getting anywhere closer to the end of that hallway. It's <laughs> so long. It's also great. Can uh, I tell you all guess... a secret. I watched this movie at one point two five speed because I couldn't watch it at normal speed. <laughs> oh, I watched it at normal speed. All punishing two hours of it <laughs> and it was still too long for her to go running down that hallway <laughs> God, it's bad uh let's see harry uh dad's back and guess what you've taken your eyes off the ball it's time he's like avenge me and then he's like oh how do i do that daddy he goes oh, first we attack his heart and now, he's like wait didn't you say, say that in the last movie <laughs> he did it's he did and i want to say the the step of this plan that involves forcing MJ to break up with Peter is actually a very fun and cool goblin plan if it's step one. The problem is it seems to be the only step 
Because after it happens, he leaves MJ alone. Correct. He lets everybody go about their lives. Correct. There's no follow-up step. It's not step to re-kidnap re MJ so she doesn't tell Peter what's going on. There's no second step. No step. I love it. Because they do present it as like, a oh, we have a master plan. And like you're going to break his spirit. And it is like, oh, cool. What's after that? Where are they going with this? And yeah, it's, no, that's it. Just break his spirit. That's Make an omelet for his girlfriend and then have her break up with him and then just hang out. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> and they, they, you have to also understand contextually, right? Like she doesn't know that Harry's goblin, right? We no, I don't think this. Peter. I don't think Peter has has told anybody about Harry, including her. Yeah, because he's trying to get way. out of it. He's like, "Yo, this motherfucker don't remember shit. I ain't saying shit." Yeah, but like also, just like again, a shitty fucking thing for Peter to do. Hey, you know that guy you hang out with sometimes? He's he's having like he's the goblin. He's gonna done some crazy shit. Like maybe you might want to warn MJ about that. But of course, you no, know, Peter's probably just trying to protect her. Anyway, uh, Harry comes over and just immediately after it was crazy, immediately just threatens her. And he's like, if you want Peter to live, you gotta do something for me. And she's like, Oh no. And in my brain, I'm like, Do you think there was one take to him where he's like, You gotta do something for me? You gotta bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so. probably not probably not uh and then just, uh, ursula comes in peter you got a phone call it's out in the hallway it's mj and she's super excited and you're like what side are you on here ursula i love because ursula. you so clearly want to you want peter for yourself you're willing to do whatever it takes but you're acting excited that, that mj is calling and that's i, I forget she, what that term is but it's bullshit i think she had a little crush on peter but i think now she and peter are just friends and i think she's genuinely just sweet and just wants the best for peter that's the read i got off it Mm -hmm. Blessing, what's the term I'm looking for here when someone's like... Simp? Yes, thank you. That's the term. Okay. She's simping on him hard right yeah, now. Yeah, she might be simping a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little inappropriate. No one's redeemable in this movie, and maybe maybe we just turned a corner. Maybe that's the point of this movie, and it's genius. Have we? Has that occurred to anyone that everyone's a bad character in this movie? Whoa. No, so because they definitely try to redeem multiple characters, both <laughs> New Goblin and Sandman. Like, they're, they're both supposed to be redeemed by the end of this film. It's so bad. Uh, anyway, MJ breaks it off with Peter and then Peter ugly cries. He's like, <laughs> uh, and he calls him, he gives MJ the ring and she tells him, listen, there's someone else. Uh, and he's like, oh God, that's so horrible. Thankfully I've got Gwen. There's something so no pathetic about this scene of, about this shot of Tobey Maguire in his weirdly baggy 2007 jeans, like the strange ill-fitting cut of jeans. his jeans. Yeah. And he's just standing there with his rose. And I'm just like, that's literally the most pathetic dude I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then it cuts across the park, and you see Harry hiding in the shadows like this. My master plan is now unfolding. And then she, she had the binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, bring back the that opera glasses. It's ridiculous because they wanted this to be dramatic. They wanted yeah. this to be it's one so of the mo most dramatic scenes in this movie. And it should have been one of the most dramatic scenes in this movie of, like, Oh, I like I have to do this thing. I have to break up with you because I love you and like I want to protect you. And like performances all across, I think, take this and turn it into comedy in a place where this should not be comedy. Like this is another place where this movie somehow feels like a cartoon. Well, I felt nothing. I felt, felt nothing. You felt nothing because there are no stakes. Mm -hmm. Do you actually mm -hmm. believe that like Peter's life is in danger here? Here, let's follow the logic of this, right? Harry. I think he's going to trip over his jeans and hurt himself. Now. Well, I mean, I've done that. His life is in danger. not any fun of people that do that. Uh, <laughs> but let's, 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 di let's dissect this for a second, right? Like, MJ doesn't know that Harry has these superpowers. He just knows he's got a glider and he's rich. And he, mm -hmm. she's, he says, I'm going to kill Peter unless you break up with him, right? 
Uh, to which I would reply if I was MJ, I'm not that worried about it because I've seen my boyfriend, who I know is Spider-Man, literally beat the shit out of dozens, if not hundreds of criminals at this point, some of whom are superpowered, one of whom had really, 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 really strong mechanical tentacles, and Peter just fucked that guy up. So He beat that guy up while he was beating up a train, so fuck yes. off. So what I'm going to do is, is the second you leave, because presumably Harry's leave after that, right? I'm gonna call yeah, there's Peter no and step say, two to the plan. No, he, I'm gonna he call walks Peter out and say, from behind that tree Harry's and crazy. goes and gets a bagel. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't understand what's stopping MJ from immediately calling Peter and going, hey, dude, that was Harry doing it. Like, I, I, I do love you. Let's work this out, right? Yeah, it's like, just the stupidest there, there's, thing ever. There's nothing they set up to where, yeah, right after that, she can't just call him up. And I think the movie is presented, up, presented at this point the fact that Peter can beat Harry's ass. Like, Peter beat Pretty up Harry in, the, in the, the beginning of the movie. In Peter's the about suit. to beat up Harry again. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, if, the, if there was some kind of stake of Harry approaching Mary Jane and being like, hey, like, I, I have something on Peter, right? Like, I've rigged his house, house with bombs. Or, like, I have your shitty dad in custody and I'm going to fucking right. murder him unless he do this leverage. to Peter. It's called yeah. leverage. If you had some, if some kind of leverage, I think that would turn this whole scene around. That, well, maybe not turn the whole scene around, but it will turn it around somewhat. Mm -hmm. To right. a point where maybe we can believe this somewhat, but there's nothing here that makes us go, oh shit, there are real stakes here. This Just make scene, it make sense. Make it make the, sense. This scene is all. like the scene at the end of every like murder suspense movie where the main character figures out that Billy Loomis is the killer. And she's like, if you let me go right now, I won't tell anyone. And then Billy goes, okay. And that's the end of the movie. That's kind yeah. of what the scene is. You're like, no, totally. you can't. like she's just gonna go and tell a cop. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's cops here. Anyway, I digress. We've we've gone too much on this. Uh, let's see. Pete meets up with Harry and confides in him that he was like, dude, I was gonna propose. And Harry's like, listen, man, that's why I called you here. MJ yes. got fired. And he's like, she did. Maybe I should talk to my girlfriend more. Uh, and then he drops the real bomb. He says, listen, man, I'm the other guy. And Peter's like, oh my god, how could you have done that? I gotta go. I gotta go somewhere else. And Peter leaves as the waitress walks up and asks Peter or asks Harry, "How is the pie?" And I so think good. all of us need to say this together if we can, just for Kevin. Okay. On three, ready? One, two, three. So, so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. This is another good scene. This is another good this scene. Is this is an insane scene. This is like insane. I'm the other man. What? <laughs> I love this. I love how much fun Franco has with it. I love the so good. Like, he's literally just loving being a villain here. The only thing that's weird about it is he does the wink and the smile, okay? Which is just full on, like, that's too much. Evil villain, and then yeah. when the bus goes by, he's <laughs> gone? He just <laughs> disappears? He just got a refill. What does everybody in this coffee shop think when this man disappears? Oh my god. Wait, the disappearing. What the hell? Who thought how'd that get approved? Like why would he I need to believe... disappear? No, none of it makes sense, but I can't believe that nobody saw this cut and was like, nah, this isn't working. Yeah, this is yeah. too much. We've crossed <laughs> the line here. Why? I'm... Why would this happen? Why? Nobody sure in the room were, said, what, said, what is this craziness? I'm sure there were multiple people who did. And Sam Ray was just like, <laughs> I don't care. And they were like, cool, I'll just get a paycheck because it's not my reputation on the line. Um, and then it's almost like they're like, oh, we should put a couple scenes in here beforehand. And Sam Ray was like, no, we need the resolution to this immediately. So what happens is Peter heads, grabs the venom suit, combs his hair down, 
and just heads back over to Harry's house to beat his ass. Uh, they fight, and Peter eventually hits Harry with some truth. He was like, "Your dad despised you because you're stupid." <laughs> and he's like, "No, he's not. I made." Look at this little liar. Goblin Junior gonna cry. I was like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter looks over and he spots that still life painting, and he's like, "Wait, did, I mean, did you do that?" <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Harry's like, "Yes, I, I also write plays. I'm actually very multifaceted as an artist." Like, oh, uh, man, this this fight fucking slaps though. This fight's awesome. This uh, fight fucking slaps. Of course Sorry. it does. And he pulls out the electric sword out of nowhere. He's just got yep. a goblin electric sword and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good fight. And the, uh, final, the final shot's fucked up, man. Oh, yeah, it's fucked up. Oh, yeah. When he, put, when he hurls the bomb back at him as he's walking out. Awesome. Yeah, that's great it, action it right there. blows off half his face. It's right? crazy. Like, he throws it, the, the dodge, the web, sling it right back, and it blows him up. Sick. Awesome. Ooh. Brutal. Again, ten out of similar ten. to the train sequence where he like ra- he like rubs Sandman's head on the train. It's very similar brutality. Uh, this does make me sad though that like there wasn't a fourth movie that was focused on. Okay, no, Harry is the villain of this movie because uh, like there's so much potential up to this point of what that back and forth could have been like. Because yeah, uh, Nick mentions that like this this scene feels like there should have been two scenes before it to kind of break it up, and you're getting the resolution immediately in like an alternate timeline i can envision a full movie that is harry harry osborne is the villain and we get that moment where he somehow disappears and then like it is for the next few scenes just harry being like an emotional terrorist toward peter yeah and like finding ways to like you know fuck with him and like maybe he drugs him or some shit or like kidnaps mary jane again or like there are there are things that harry or harry osborne should be doing to peter to fuck him up and like really get that revenge on him. And that should be dragged out to some extent. But the fact that the resolution happens right here is so disappointing. Yeah. The Osborne family, like Harry should be a mix of like, he should be like a physical villain, like the goblin, but he should also be like Peter's Lex Luthor, right? Like there's no reason Harry can't buy the fucking bugle and fire Peter Parker. There's no reason Harry can't like, tank peter's grades or his internship at empire state harry could do so many things but instead he's gonna eat pie and wink yep that's his grand plan thank god again we've already we've already we're already well aware that harry's a dullard so like you know (laughs) he doesn't really understand how villain plans are supposed to he got that good gas now though does have that good gas now and those good abs and those weird underwear they put him in just gonna throw that out there. When he comes out of the gas thing, I was like, "What's with the striped underwear? <laughs> like he costumer? Like it's very distracting." Yeah, Off. it was a choice. <laughs> I think it not not to say not to, not to be too revealing here, but I feel like it just drew the attention away from James Franco's amazing physique in that. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Uh, then Peter's like Peter heads down to the Daily Bugle to quote put some dirt in Eddie's eye. <laughs> I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> Carboni, can I ask you a question? He's evil. Can you yes. imagine a set of circumstances in your life where mm-hmm. you would say that phrase out loud? <laughs> Seriously? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If I, if I was a photographer for a major metropolitan newspaper mm-hmm. and also that city's superhero and another photographer stole my job by making it look like I wasn't a superhero, I, I would definitely say I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Okay. Def- nice that is the exact idiom I would use at that moment. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, of course, he heads down to the Daily Beagle, and he outs Eddie Brock as a fake because he shows him the he shows Robbie the picture, and Robbie's like that. They're the same picture. We got a printer retraction. JJ's like, 
you're or at first before he does that he's like dude i'm begging you peter like you know i made a mistake forgive me and peter said if you want forgiveness get religion hell yeah him. I like and then line. he gets fired. It all um, happens so fast. Like the, before this moment, there's no reason for us to believe that Eddie photoshopped his work. Yeah, he's a photographer. He didn't. Well, and the other this. thing is, this is Eddie so was, extra. Eddie was there, and Eddie had his digital camera, and there were so many shots that you could have taken that just made it look like Spider-Man was doing bad shit. Yeah, or like you could have just yeah. It's very strange. But the strangest thing about this scene is Tobey Maguire's tough walk out where he sticks his little butt out when yeah. he's walking out of the office of the bugle office. And he's strut. doing like a little he's doing like a little uh, like a lesbian mall power walker thing. Yeah. You know, with his butt. It's very cute. Well, he's being, gonna, he's being a mean boy. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Tobey Maguire's walk in about <laughs> one sentence from now. Oh, uh, God. The bugle prints of attraction and Dr. Connors calls. A lot of happens here very quickly. The Dr. Connors call calls is brilliant to tell Peter that he's like, dude, this, this symbiote <laughs> turns out I should have been a lot more excited about this when you first showed it to me. Cause it's very dangerous, Peter. Uh, make sure you don't get too much, any of that on you. You don't have any left. Right. And Peter's like, nah, 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 nah. meanwhile, Ursula's just feeding him cookies. And it's I love so it. weird. It's so I love weird. this. I actually, I think the cookie call is one of the, is one of the most brilliant scenes in the film. I love the cookie call so much. I enjoy it too. It, it, I don't it, know if it's good, but I enjoy it a lot. Oh, it's God. funny and it's like i think the problem with this movie like if i if i wanted to get down to one of like the philosophical problems of this movie is the first two films they had like a lot of comedic moments and there were spaces there was space for a lot of comedic moments i think a, a lot of the problem with this one is there's too much going on to want to take up space for these oddly comedic moments but sam raimi really prioritizes them yeah but the cookie bit's very good Make me some mm. of walnuts. Go make me some. <laughs> evil Peter just wants a different kind of cookie. Oh my god! <laughs> that's god. how evil that's Peter. That's what rolls. he thinks is cool. Like, oh. it's walnuts. It's evil Peter's so like, bad. I could have two kinds of cookies. <laughs> I don't even want cookies. Go make me more cookies. I didn't uh, eat all of my vegetables today, and I don't have to. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. You guys probably don't know this because you're not as old as I am. So you didn't grow up with this as a meme. But in the late 70s, they made a movie called Staying Alive, Tim. Mm -hmm. And that movie uh, uh, was, it was a weird film. Uh, it was dark, very dark film. Uh, a lot about a lot of which about the you know going into the disco era after Vietnam displaced. It doesn't matter. It's about dancing at night, right? Drug abuse, things like that. But there's an iconic scene in it, of course, where one John Travolta playing a character named Tony Monero has to strut, right? He struts down the street to open the movie with a couple pans, cans of paint. And of course, he's highfalutin and he's wearing his clothes. He's got his hair quaffed up. And what does he do? Of course, he walks into the paint store that he works at. And of course, it's a great, it's a great scene because it shows how, it shows the dichotomy of Tony Monero's life here, right? Tony, of course, thinks he's the shit, but he's working at this, uh, this job as a paint store and he ain't the shit. But you know who is the shit here, Tim? Obi McGuire. Toby Maguire's crotch is the shit here, Tim, because he thrusts this thing every which way but loose. And it's almost borderline offensive, some of the shit he does in the scene. And thank God they at least had all the women react appropriately to him because they're all reacting with utter disgust. Yeah. yeah. None of them are Just into it. Utter disgust. Thank God. Thank God. Can I ask you all a question? Yes, you may. Knowing the history between Toby Maguire. 
Sam Raimi, negotiations, the crew, all this stuff. Do you think this scene maybe a little bit was to make Tobey Maguire feel foolish? Yes. Do you think a little bit of Definitely. this was crew revenge? Also, point of clarification. Like I said staying alive. I meant Saturday Night Fever. You mm-hmm. guys know what I meant. I know. Staying alive, also great though. Um, 100%. He, is, he comes off like a complete and total idiot in this. And it's embarrassing. It's, it makes you feel embarrassed to watch this scene. Yep. It's so true. This like, is I want to hide How my is this eyes a scene in a like, Spider-Man I don't movie? want to watch this. This is third <sighs> this is our third third musical third dance number by Thank the way. Thank you. Thank you. This, this might be third. the like the most I've seen a movie fall off the rails. I I I can't believe and like the movie already wasn't great by any means, but for me it, the movie was very tolerable in terms of the actual quality of it. You know like I I I've, I've mentioned the action sequences that that have really spoken to me and I like there is some there are some storytelling elements that I think are decent the gap from like it being questionable to decent to it being completely trash in this one scene i think is actually very impressive and i'm curious to like wonder for folks out there who maybe want to like hit me up and let me know is there a movie that somehow falls off halfway through in one scene in the way that this one does yeah Hmm. i can't think of a single Hmm. movie where it all pivots on one scene like this bless i really can't this is a decline this is a huge decline and it happens in 45 seconds yeah i'm gonna tell you one scene right now one word martha think about that right now as we continue along <laughs> i refuse this plot. think about I that refuse to. It's, a good martha, it's a really good save martha who the fuck is martha <laughs> this is what i want to say <laughs> Why see that name? Uh, also, i don't know why i said that it's sad that it has anything to do with the vietnam war it has nothing to do with vietnam war i just uber that. eats like, me some dunkin donuts god some bless walnuts. this movie you got some um, walnuts? Yeah, go cook me some walnuts. I yeah. do, but here's here's the part of the scene that I do sort of like though. I like, you know, I'm a I'm a Betty I'm a Betty Brant stan from way back. I do like the sexual tension finally between Betty Brant and Peter Parker. Yep, I like I it do too. like I do like the symbiote giving <laughs> no. him what the no way it's hot. <laughs> no I do way. like this. I do like the symbiote giving him uh, the courage to stand up to jj because this is stuff that would have happened in the comic that would have made him think the symbiote costume is good like these are things that would actually happen to make him go oh no this is working this is actually working you know you guys (laughs) here we go anyway (laughs) betty brandt let marco uh, uh reforms over in the park and looks at his locket yet again and i'm like how does he keep a hold of this fucking locket. I don't understand how the science in this movie works. Uh, Dude, watching then, this scene, I just thought, why isn't this just a Sandman movie? Watching the shot, I was like, God, he could have carried this whole movie. He really totally could have, man. It would have been so much better. But we don't. Alas, Peter and Gwen head out <laughs> for a nice night on the town. And where do they go, Tim? That's right, a jazz club. Meanwhile, Eddie's just lurking behind them. And he's like, oh, something's going to happen. So I'm just going to follow Peter around. And he walks in. But the question, can we get a table, is what Gwen says. And, of course, Peter knows how to get a table because he's got all this experience now. Uh, the, the symbiote doesn't give you knowledge. Blessing. How could we it get It just a, reaches how, down and it get, finds the knowledge that's already within you. How could we get a table at a jazz bar 2007? <laughs> surely, surely, surely here in back. 2007... The jazz bar is all booked up because of how the 20-somethings love the jazz and the chubby checker and whatnot. 
Of course, Peter whistles to the hostess and then leans in and whispers in her ear, find us some shade. Thanks, hot legs. (laughs) And again, to the woman's credit, she looks at him with disgust. But in perfect Sam Raimi fashion, I'm not sure I'm supposed to feel about this because then she proceeds to find them a table for $20 or however much (laughs) he gave her. I'm not quite sure what Sam Raimi's telling us here. I don't really understand what we're supposed to I definitely believe that this this scene, even if the walk wasn't, this one scene, this one exchange right here was meant to make Tobey Maguire feel foolish and stupid. Because once again, we have talked previously about how he was part of the quote-unquote pussy patrol at this point in time. Yep. Making him look like this stupid and really was just like a little dig at him. It had to have been. It's just the worst because I've spent, you know, weeks now talking about how I dislike this Peter Parker and I like the more fun side of Spider-Man. This scene feels like they were kind of like trying to be, oh, we'll make it fun. You didn't do it right, Samuel. You didn't do it right. This is not fun. This is embarrassing. Like Nick said, I hurt watching this. You made it gross. So bad. It's so uh, gross. And not only that, I mean, Jesus, the whole I mean, the thing is this. What's the thing? What's the thing, baby boy? Lay it on us. Baby boy, please. Yeah, what is talk, I mean, have we talked about the fact that he shows up to his ex-girlfriend's place of work just to rub it in his face that he's dating someone new? This is not the action of someone who's a good character. This person no. and yeah. this is coming from him. Venom's not making him do this. It's just amplifying the things that he wants to do. It's bonkers. But it's a bad, it's a bad there is, I mean, I would be remiss. Now, Anthony, but didn't say yeah. there was a certain magic about Peter sort of flipping around on the walls as the, as he goes double time, double time, and kicks out the I was going to say, there's school, some good, good, good choreography here. Burns, honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's a good dance sequence, and like, honestly... If this was in High School Musical, I'd be all about it. But it's like, in a Spider-Man movie! And yeah, also, well, that's so, the problem, right? Here's the other problem. Peter Parker plays the piano now? Yep, sure he does. Is a symbiote quality. Oh, the alien can play the oh, because, because of Sonics. Because oh, of the favorite harmonics. thing, sound. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Garbage. Yeah. Also, how did he get to the piano? So, well, actually, no, he excused himself, didn't he? He did excuse himself. And somehow uh, got to the piano and Mary Jane just didn't notice. Now, Gwen Stacy notices Mary Jane and specifically says, oh, that's your ex. Is, is this okay? Should we leave? And he goes, oh, 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 I'll be fine. At that point, if Gwen Stacy is not a total Harry Osborne level toddler mentally. She should be like, I'm not She fine knows this. this is gross. Yeah, this is bad. It's not should we leave? It's like, oh, why don't we get out of here? I'm yeah. uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable right? with this. Yeah. And then he gets up on stage, plays piano next to her, mm-hmm. does a dance number, leans in for the kiss. Gwen Stacy only realizes at the end. Just right there. She really, says, Gwen? and I quote, she says, and I quote, that whole thing was for her? <laughs> yes, Gwen. When were you going to notice, Gwen? Because you were into it right up until literally this moment. But see, this moments like this make me dislike characters. Sure. And so I look at this and I think this is the most, the single most embarrassing thing a character can do. This is not romantic. This is not heroic. This is not full of chivalry. This is just a very weird, embarrassing thing. Like if your friend did this, or even if your, your, your significant other of 10 years did this, you would be 
mortified. But for some reason, they write Gwen Stacy as loving it. She's like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And it's only when he realizes that he's doing it for MJ, she realizes that he's doing it for MJ, is she disappointed. This makes right. me hate the Gwen Stacy character and not yeah. and not respect her at all, unfortunately. And yeah. that sucks because Bryce Dallas Howard is good. She does a good job here, at least at the very end of like emoting a, an emotion of being like, that's really disappointing. But we also have to remember, guys, we, it's not like we set this character up as being someone like, like a dullard like Harry, right? Yeah. She's at Columbia University as a fucking science major. She's not Empire stupid. State. <sighs> it's Columbia, but it's Empire State. But I, an, I just... Yeah. I just, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And there, because there's something about, she notices at the end that it was all for MJ's benefit. But even if she only noticed at the, at the end, in the back of her mind, the entire time, she knows his ex is here. She knows this date is in front of the ex. So she's kind of into it. Mm. Right. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I did. Bad scene, bad scene. Great is, choreography. Is yeah. <laughs> great, great choreography. choreography. Is this done? the last scene? Musical number number four. Is this the last scene where we see Gwen Stacy until like the end of the movie? I, yeah, she dips for again? a while. I, th- I thought we saw her. Maybe we, do we I see, don't her think we see her again? I don't I think we see her she, again. She's at the funeral uh, because for some reason the yes. Stacys know the Osbournes. No, Harry Osborne. Yeah, I remember right. noticing the same thing, being like, "What the fuck?" Uh, but yeah, that's a terrible way to treat this character as well. Like, the fact yeah. that th- like. This was her penultimate scene, and they're like, "Cool, let's just use her as a way for Peter to get back in Mary Jane, and then dismiss her for the rest of the movie." Ridiculous. This is a pivotal post nineteen seventies up until today. This is a pivotal character in Peter Parker's life. The initial motivator is Uncle Ben, but then it's also Gwen Stacy, and not wanting to lose anybody again mm-hmm. is such a major thing. And to reduce her to the blonde one or the redheaded one, like some sort of episode of fucking Riverdale. It just fucking sucks. It just yeah. fucking sucks for this to be the way Gwen Stacy's treated. And that's, that is one of the things that I did like about the movie that we're watching next, because at least Gwen Stacy gets some fucking respect in, oh, in Gwen, Mark Webb. Dude, night and day. Emma Stone's portrayal, the way they write her in that so much more likable and so much more three dimensional. Um, but I will say this. I just, was when you mentioned a while back, like the the goblin suit and what it's going to look like in No Way Home. I was like, oh, I'll Google that. And I was just kind of fishing through some of the images and I got to the um, the Dane DeHaan goblin. <laughs> Guys, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Ooh, baby, <laughs> oh, man, that one was bad. Uh, give me the plastic mask back. I digress. Uh, Tom McGuire, terrible fucking dancer in this. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, let's see. Pete heads to church and he's like, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Before this happens, of course, the, the bouncer's like, hey, I think maybe you should leave, dude, because you're fucking bouncing off the walls and uh, you're talking to MJ and she clearly doesn't want to be talking to you. So Peter decides to snap that dude's wrist and then every there's a scuffle happens and, and he just backhands MJ. She tries to stop and he just backhands her to the ground. And she's like, Jesus Christ. And Peter's like, oh, I think that the assault might be too much. Now I have to go to find some Jesus. The assault so we, might be too much. Yeah. Now, I will, we're, we're just going to set aside the fact that being backhanded by a spider-man that's clearly not controlling his strength right he just probably should have broken kristen kristen dunst in half but we're gonna let that one go we're gonna let it go we don't need to worry we're gonna gonna let it go because he's got to randomly wind up at the biggest bell in the city yep which is (laughs) in the church at at a big cathedral and of course why does he wind up there he doesn't know about the sonics yet 
he it's called coincidence and it's a storyteller's best friend uh <sighs> he heads the church and of course who you want to talk about coincidence blessing it just so happens to be eddie brock's church that he goes to he found religion he, he told him to get religion, religion and he did dude this could have all worked so well this goes back to what i was talking about the setup and payoff like this is a payoff to things that weren't set up like him telling brock to go get religion that's not what i'm talking about this should have been led to like carboni was just saying of like somehow peter knows okay this thing is reacting to sound maybe if when he was playing fucking piano the shit started like fucking up or something it's like cool i guess i need where can i get a lot of sound the bell cool yeah they don't do that and so instead it's like a it, it feels like it's a lot more symbolic than it is good, but I don't understand quite what the symbolism is. Yeah. I mean, in the comics, he goes to the bell at the church because he does know it that Because he knows. He knows that. Um, it's great. And so it feels like Raimi creating a pivotal Venom scene. You know, one of the things that Raimi said going back to this movie is like, I definitely tried to put too, we Between me and the studio, we all tried to put more fan service in than actually doing service to the characters. And so I think this was Raimi just trying to recreate an iconic scene with the church bell and Eddie becoming Venom, but there's no motivation to it. Yeah. I do like that Eddie prays to God, like very, very sincerely for very the earnestly. death of Peter Parker. I come here today, <laughs> like such humbled person. and humiliated to ask you for one thing. I want you to kill Peter Parker. And listen, say what you will about the fact that they just cast a guy that looks exactly like toby mcguire and is just a swarmy version of him but god bless topher grace because he just they're like topher we need you to be creepy and he's like don't worry guys i was born creepy <laughs> here we go <laughs> dude topher he left Fuck he dude. walked away from that 70s show he mm -hmm. gained 24 pounds of muscle that you never see don't need to see it yeah. he didn't need to do it nope. but he did because he really wanted to make this movie work and uh you can tell he's having fun and he did he did the research and he's putting the he's putting the work in. He's just such a mismatch for yeah. not well, him. No, no, I was gonna but say the character is a mismatch for the, this series. He is perfect for the character that they wrote him. Yes. I think he is perfect casting for this film. And that's an unfortunate thing to say. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be perfect in Spider-Man 3. You well, don't want to like be the we, guy that's everyone's like, yeah, you fit perfectly in Spider-Man 3. But Topher, Topher Grace does a good job. He does a serviceable job as a creepy fucking Eddie Brock. Well, you can tell like what we talked about for Spider-Man 2, how they nearly brought Hall in. And you're like, because you know Hall was one of the people they initially had, you know, you know they had Topher Grace audition too. You know oh, before yeah. they hired Toby. Oh, yeah, of course. You know Topher was in that room and he was auditioning to be Peter Parker. So I, I guarantee it. So the fact that they had him back in to be douchebag Parker, <laughs> dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, this transformation scene is pretty cool. I love it. I mean, again, I I stand by the fact that like the the effect of Venom like oozing down on him and like latching onto him and he and trying to get it off and like I it's terrifying. And yeah. from this point on, the stuff that Venom does is legitimately scary. Like. It popping out, it grabbing. There's one scene yeah. where it, like it just reaches down and grabs Spider-Man by the head, and it's fucking terrifying. Um, so say say what you will on that one. I, but I, I love like the way he just he just gives stuff. himself over to the symbiote immediately, and his teeth and his eyes and yeah. everything. It's just it's great. Well, he has that great line later too. Where he's like, "I like being bad." Yeah, it, it, it feels good, you know. And you're like, "Oh, you know what? The one character that can actually tell the truth in this movie." <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyway, uh, Aunt May comes over to ask. This whole thing happens. They get he gets the thing. Black goo. Yada yada yada. Uh, Aunt May comes over to ask Peter. He's like, "Hey, hey, Peter, 
whatever happened with that whole proposal thing? And Peter's like, oh, no, yeah, it didn't go well. You said the husband's got to put his wife before him. I am not ready for that. And she goes, okay, what happened? He goes, oh, uh, I ended up going taking another woman to her place of work after she broke up with me. And then it ended with an altercation where I knocked her to the ground with the back of my fist. And it makes like. But I danced before that, though. Yeah. I did play some piano. I did play a little piano beforehand. But I remembered some of the piano you taught me. So uh, kind of a wash. Net positive. Still a good, still yeah, a good boy. Net positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool uh let's see aunt Maeve tells peter she's like listen peter that all sounds horrible but you got to do the one thing you have to start with the hardest step you got to forgive yourself and peter's like <laughs> peter's like i've murdered two people and i assaulted my girlfriend i don't think me forgiving myself is the hardest step but we'll we'll move on from there also i think i let an alien goo just go free yeah and didn't alien. really pay attention i just was like I just let an alien, a murderous alien goo. I don't know. To be fair, that's half Doc Connors' fault, too. I think Doc Connors can share some of the blame for that. Uh, Eddie just randomly syncs up with Flint Marco, just finds him in the middle of downtown. The cops can't find him, but Eddie's like, I'll find him. And Topher oh. Grace, <laughs> dude, Topher Grace's voice in the Venom suit makes no damn sense. It's, it's so weird. weird. Why didn't they tell him to change it up or add add an effect afterwards? Or get like get Keith David or anyone that's got an amazing deep voice to be the voice of Venom. Someone like iconic like that would be fun. I'm hard. Tom oh God. It's weird. It's <sighs> weird that when Venom opens his mouth with like the weird spiked teeth and the big CG tongue and is just like Hey Kelso, do you want to go get high in the basement? <laughs> you know, like what the fuck, dude? What? Exactly. <laughs> it was very weird. Uh, anyways, like, listen, man, we should team up. And Flint's like, okay, you seem like a giant fucking man-eating monster. And I pr I purport to be a good guy, but You seem whatever. pretty trustworthy. Yeah, you seem cool. <laughs> uh, so what they do, what they always do, and they just take MJ hostage and they put her in a taxi. Um, oh, this part now, was scary now, to me, too. Why? 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 Why would Eddie Brock be driving the cab? Why wouldn't Eddie watch Pete, like, just go up and take her from the apartment? How would he be driving a random cab at the random moment that MJ randomly leaves her place? Why wouldn't Venom just take her in a spooky way? I think it's probably because, A, we've already seen that happen in this movie. Don't forget that that's exactly how Harry uh, took her. And B, I will say. Coincidence. When he turns around. By the way, that New like, York oh. landlord fixed that wall in her New York apartment real quick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's got a good landlord, unlike Dick Dickovich, Mike Dickovich. Dick over there. Uh, I will say though, the scene where he kind of lunges at her in this scared the shit out of me. Like mm -hmm. it's a good bit of like that. Oh, the old school Sam Raimi sort of horror. Uh, yeah. Pete heads over to Harry's house. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> We're watching this on the news and someone's like uh, the, the news reporter who is just the worst in this, this British news reporter is like, what can possibly, who could possibly, there seems to be a message in the webbing and the camera zooms in and then zooms out and focuses and it says Spider-Man, comma, stop us if you can, period. Also, comma, grab us some Starbucks on the way over if you can, period. Hey, if not, no big deal. You don't need to write that in a web. No, you know. We understand. It's a web. The Sandman and the spooky symbiote and MJ are all in one place. I know where I'm supposed to yeah, be. Guys, I got Why? Why do you have to write it in the web? You don't have to write it in the web. For the three people in the audience that had, had that passed out right around the jazz sequence and just woke up. That's why. Come on. Uh, so Peter does what any good person would do. He heads over to Harry's house, even though this guy's tried to kill him multiple times and actually tried to kill MJ a couple times, too. And he's like, listen, man, 
let's let's call it what it is. Listen, uh, deep down, you know, you put everything aside. We're friends, and I need your help with this. <laughs> and Harry and, and Harry turns, and his face is like super scarred. He's like, "Are we friends?" Because <laughs> my looks are pretty much my looks and my amazing still life artistry are pretty much the only things that I have going for me at this point. Uh, but Harry's like, "Get the fuck out before I kill you." Uh, and this finally <laughs> is where Bernard <laughs> steps in. Fucking this hair. <laughs> Harry, she needs us. Fuck you, worst Peter Parker. But yeah, Bernard, uh, his big monologue that Bernard gets because he's good at lines. Sir, the night your father died, I cleaned his wound. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. There is no question that he died by his own hand. Somebody standing right off frame, Nick, with cue cards mouthing the words at Bernard. (laughs) So this dude doesn't forget. They're just coaxing Bernard over to the scene with just a fifth of Jack Daniels. Like, come on, Bernard, come on, come on. You get get your medicine. What What do you think Bernard's backstory was that he cleaned the wounds and then like he he basically sees. All right. He's got two stab wounds in his chest and he's like, yeah. Yeah, these are self-inflicted. Yeah, these are self-inflicted. This this was his glider, and he shot it into himself. That's the only thing. He knows that that the goblin was happening all around him. He cleaned the goblin's wounds, because I guess he's an EMT or a a mortician. Mm -hmm. And, And he's also CSI, because he looked at those wounds, and he's like, them's goblin glider wounds. What? But you didn't know what a house guest was. You didn't understand how to pick up food, Bernard. You can't it's... read a line. And also, Bernard, it's been a year. You were just holding on to that information, my guy, Bernard. It, you could have just said, cause... oh, no, your friend Peter's telling the truth. Why now? Why now, Bernard? Mm-hmm. Exactamundo. Exactamundo. Uh, can we get that again? No. Please, Kevin. No, Kevin the voice. The voice it. of Kevin popped up. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin is so angry about this scene as we all are. <laughs> Kevin, I know Kevin has his power. This is amazing, Kevin. No, it's not that I'm angry. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's all speculation. Like, wh- like, why would he think that the 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 wounds are self-inflicted. When it was a glider yeah, when, that came directly from him from the opposite side of the yeah, room. And it's like, why it, would you know that? Self-inflicted. Spider-Man could have easily grabbed him and threw him like on his own glider. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. No, because because the, the wounds as he cleaned them, uh, he found a lot of blood, but also self-loathing, mm-hmm. and that's how yeah. he knew that was oozing yeah. out. That's true. It was yeah. ooze, it was oozing out. Yeah, I th- you know for them to try to pull Bernard is Alfred at this point in time is a bit much for me to swallow. I wish there was like security footage or some shit of the glider <laughs> killing, uh, uh, killing Norman Reed or not Norman Reedus, Norman Osborn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Norman like, Reedus. You, That'd be interesting. Just throw that element in. As there. cheap and easy <laughs> as that would be, I would at least, at the very least believe it. Yeah. But Bernard <laughs> comes in and he goes, sir, I've recovered the GoPro footage from the glider. Your, but your father was doing sick tricks. <laughs> and he had his GoPro as always. But if he was that doing was 1080s. if even if if that was the case, it was still like in a moment where Green Goblin was trying to murder Spider-Man when he self-inflicted himself, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. it's But it's, it's still it, Peter didn't do it. You know what I mean? But it's it's weird eh, that Bernard he was is, the cause. It's weird that Bernard was 
the pivotal thing that brings that to That's Harry's respectful. attention after all it's these terrible. movies. It's poor writing. And they wrote, the, like I said earlier, they wrote themselves into a corner. They're like, we got to have Harry have a, a, a turn here. And we don't know how to get at that. So let's use this character that was clearly supposed to be set dressing to deliver this incredibly important piece of plot information. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just fucking terrible. It's, and it's and it's like irredeemable. Like you shouldn't, at this point, I love Sam Raimi, but take his director's card away from him. He's not allowed to direct movies anymore. But, wow. If, take if it away. We, Doctor Strange if, coming up. If instead of Bernard telling him, he saw a clip of his how his dad died, yeah, I, from feel the like GoPro. I feel like he'd still be like, yeah, fuck Spider-Man. Yeah, like yeah. He's still, he doesn't know that Spider-Man, like his dad wasn't like was a bad guy. Although he probably could d- discern it from the fact that he's been huffing the fucking green gas, and now he's well, kind of yeah. At this point, and also and knows. also that his dad uh, interrupted the Macy Gray Thanksgiving Day parade and turned Never a bunch of people into skeletons. To kill the skeletons, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, remember that because that bomb's going to come back into play in the third act. Uh, here we go. Spider-Man swings on the scene with a giant American flag behind him and heads up uh, the web to MJ. Uh, Venom swings in and makes a reference to Spidey. His, he's like, my Spidey senses tingling which tim i don't i don't get that reference can you explain it to me i hate it uh, <laughs> can you explain it's what so, he's talking about tim god it's just so bad it just it's inappropriate like it, it doesn't even feel accurate to any character in this movie saying something like that at this moment <laughs> are you ready to hate it are you ready to hate it, it even more ridiculous. yes are I you am. all ready to hate it even more please topher grace improv that on the spot and fought to keep it in no uh, bad topher uh, oh. Bad Topher. Show more bad. grace. Oh, that less really Topher, good. more grace. Yes, it's really bad. Doesn't get any better than that humor. Uh, he gets uh, he gets the better of Peter until MJ drops the center block on his face, and then Pete and Venom fight as they fall very slowly to the ground. Uh, the dump truck Did above. You know, by the way, that they call New York the nickname for New York is the Big Sand because of, of how much sand there is in New York. Oh man, there's so put- much sand. <laughs> any city block in New York, and I and you may not know this, Nick. Any city block in New York, three to four good inches of sand on the ground. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's how they kill all the rats. They just keep dumping yeah. sand on them. And the, the rats are like, well, I guess I'm going to move to Florida because there's less sand there. Uh, and if you didn't know that, you find it out in this next shot. <laughs> <laughs> Peter tries to save MJ, but the sand underneath him starts to move and Mega Sandman is formed. Uh, Venom straps Peter to a steel girder and Sandman starts pounding him into oblivion into unconsciousness and then things look pretty dire until out of nowhere Sandman takes a pumpkin right dart to the neck and two kids scream awesome and the other one screams wicked, wicked cool. cool and then one, the third one goes where are our parents and why are they letting us watch this This people get murdered right in front of us and then his friend goes that's Radical. New York baby yeah, I guess. that's the way kids are in the big sand these people are four feet away from explosions happening and their parents are like we'll just watch the big sand that's <laughs> good uh, Harry Osborne has joined the fight and things get interesting JJ scrambles to get, uh, to get a, a, a photo and this kid scans hey, him out of his little camera hey Sam Mm-hmm. A little too much, little too much JJ comedy again. And listen, mm-hmm. I love JJ. Yeah. Maybe a little too much. It like, breaks my heart. They squandered him in this movie, and it sucks. Yeah. They, now, but that's the thing is, they squandered him, but they also used him way too much. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like he oh, should yeah. be in way less of this movie. As much as I love him, thoroughly. Now, blessing, just, I want. I want better. Yeah. I would have been fine with the amount he was in it. Because he was great in the other movies, like, and he was in those a fair amount too. Mm-hmm. If it was motivated the way it was, like, mm-hmm. even in, in Spider-Man Two, like in the first one, where he's where where we see he doesn't give up his sources and things like that, like there there was a humanity they were building up into into JJ that they just didn't put in there. Blessing, you mentioned earlier, like 
like these moments that should be really emotional that just don't work. Harry yeah. showing up. Can you imagine when you're watching the first Spider-Man that you would ever think Harry showing up to save Peter in Spider-Man 3 would affect you less than this fucking scene affects you? Dude, here's yeah. the thing. I was saying this earlier. I could not disagree with you more, Carboni. If you just look at this one sliver of a scene, like there's maybe 20 seconds that are just fucking awesome, surrounded by utter trash. Kevin, I, I sent it to you. If you could please pull this up. I want us to experience this together. Okay. So, Kev, okay, start, at, start at 31 seconds. With, with audio, please. I hate that mask, by the way. Came. The theme kicks in. Let's go! <laughs> nah, I should feel like way more than I feel time. right now, Tim. I'm now sorry. you can pause it, because it's all downhill from here. It's all stop. fucking downhill. Look at his face in this <laughs> Look at it, Tim. Uh, yeah, Nick, you're so you right about the dorkiness. He's fucking ridiculous. such a doofus. I mean... Yeah, I mean he's a he's a dork. He's a nerd. He's he's the classic. He's the Silver Age yeah, Spider Man. There's a way to make I think him this, look I think this not scene, as annoying. This scene worked a little bit for me when, like I, when I was Marshall watching it all over again. Fuck when I was watching it on my PSP, like back in the day, I think it worked <laughs> yeah. a little bit for me. But every single time I watch it, because at two forty p, you couldn't really see it. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> see the doofy face. But like now, now that I go back and and watch it. The, just the setup isn't there enough for me to like get actually hyped and excited about it. Like the idea is there, and like yeah, like thinking about the overall uh, like trilogy and how we got here, and thinking about like oh man, like finally it's happening. That right. moment is, I think, in theory hype, but in practice, I, I just couldn't. I, I it's hard for me to get excited about it when it's like, bro, we just blew up your face. <laughs> and Bernard, we just did that. <laughs> we just did because I think there's a world where we pull the venom out of it, you know, because because Raimi didn't want to do it or whatever, and then we pull, you know, we pull some of these elements out to where it's just Sandman and Harry, right? And kill kill the uh, kill the uh, the amnesia shtick, and just have him out of the gate because you know you've only got two hours. Mm. Have him become the Goblin and come for Peter. Why not? You've been building up to totally. it for three movies, and then somehow. Throughout the movie, you have him come to the realization, or even if it's just to come save MJ, and then they wind up fighting together and becoming friends again. There's a way that this scene could have worked for me. Yeah, I mean, but in this, the, in this the movie, thing just doesn't. I feel like stretched it out way too long. I think that's a good point that they could have just had that be the whole movie, like be the whole like thread of he just comes through at random points and fucks Spider-Man up. The whole movie could have been Spider-Man is after Sandman, and then like the Venom thing happens, which like. I'm I'm there's another movie where I'm like cool just keep Venom out of it but yeah let's say if it is this movie right that can be the focus Spider-Man mm -hmm. taking on Venom and Sandman and then also on the side is Harry Osborn coming through at the most random times and he is the x-factor that is keeping Peter from actually like defeating his other villains that would make this so much stronger if he at this point Harry is like all right, we're the now that um, Mary Jane is in trouble, we're the only ones that can stop this and that can actually save her. I'm gonna stop being in your way and I'm gonna unite with you in this one moment. And then, yeah, we can finally have this moment of, of us understanding that we are not enemies. That could be really cool and really special. But yeah, the amnesia thing just com just comes through and just fucks it all up. Well, yeah, the amnesia thing feels like feels like something that Raimi really wanted. And when they made him add two additional villains, he refused to cut. 
You know what I mean? No, yeah. the, the amnesia thing feels like you might as well end this with it was all a dream. I dreamed this whole thing and Peter was in his bed. It's such a yeah. lazy mechanic to put in your storytelling. It's a child right with there. a Spider-Man snow globe. I, it's, I'm right there with you. Uh, and, and I, and I, I love that idea for that story that like MJ is sort of the, the ground for both Peter and Harry. And they're that she's like the one thing that's like keeping them in reality. And they're sort of like, that, you know, I think that could have been cool, but unfortunately in this instead, uh, we don't get that. We get MJ uh, landing and Peter's like, are you okay? And she's like, nah, man, I'm pretty fucking far away from okay. Uh, this, I'm done with both of you. Uh, Harry launches missiles and takes Sandman out while Peter hunts down Venom. Uh, Venom gets the better of Peter and he says, never wound what you can't kill. And he tries to, and then he's like, listen, let me reason with you, man. The power feels good, but you'll lose yourself. And he's like, I like being bad. It makes me happy. And for I some love reason. That. I love that. He's good. Listen, there's a world where he's good. There's a world where he's good in this movie. There really is. It's called Venom. It's a movie. Ben, he's good, Matt. He's a good guy. Um, I don't like the teeth they put into his mouth here, though. They're like weird, them. and they're very distracting. I like them. But Topher I'm Grace? pro-tooth. Just loving it. Oh, you're pro-tooth? Good enough. I'm pro-tooth. Uh, Eddie moves in for the killing blow, but Harry stops him uh, and gets knocked to his ass for it. Uh, the commotion loses. It happens so fast. Like yeah. Harry's turn in this movie is just so ridiculous. Where it's like it almost could just be described in like five sentences, and each sentence is just like he's a bad guy, amnesia. He's a good guy. It's questionable. He kills himself. <laughs> like yep. damn. Okay. Yep. Well, and also the physics are real good. Those those snowboard physics in this fight are real good. Great man. There's man. a moment where he like jumps and grabs onto the bottom of his board to like avoid a sandman and then flips himself back up. And I'm like, explain to me how any of this is working. And then there's also a scene where he's on the board and Peter's like on the front, like <laughs> they're just gliding together. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so cornball. This whole thing is so corny and it's because the turn isn't earned. And so every part of this just feels, it just heightens the comedy of the moment. Yes. God, it's I also don't understand how this is one of the few action scenes that as a whole does just doesn't work as well as the rest of the action scenes in the movie for me. Like, the, this movie has some really great action scenes like we've talked about. Like, I think about the Harry versus Peter one a lot in terms of, oh, that was sick. Uh, the two Harry part versus Peter ones. This entire scene for me is just like a uh, – it's a, it's a mess. And I think maybe it's just that they're doing a lot between Sandman and Harry and Venom and Peter and them trying to cut between all of that while also uh, 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 doing the Mary Jane factor might just be too much for them to handle. But – it, it didn't work out for me as, as much as I wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason is, is there's so many elements that, not just elements of characters and stuff, but in elements they're introducing in this fight. Like, we don't yeah. know that Venom's weak to sound, weak to sound until this fight. We don't know that Sandman is weak against fire until this fight. They've spent the whole movie setting up water, and now we have we see a water, fire way, blasting him. We see a water tower in the distance when he comes in. There's a big it's, water tower here. Yeah, it just seems weird that they're throwing a bunch of shit where it kind of just feels like, punchy punchy instead of like using things they set up to actually solve the problem and it, th all the things were there there was a water tower also i just want to say there's a difference between the sonics of, a, of like a giant church bell and a couple pieces of rebar mm -hmm. and there's no way in the comic books a couple pieces of rebar hitting together would have killed venom but that's fine it's well, here we are fine. God, this is it makes venom so much more so much weaker right yeah. like you can just be walking down the street and hear two pieces of metal hit each other. And like you all of a sudden a, you're freaking out. If you have a hit clips on your belt and you turn it up real loud, Venom God has to it. run away. 
fucking hit clips. Beautiful. If you have steal my sunshine on hit clips, <laughs> it's true. You're watching. You're watching that scene from SNL. He's like, I need more cowbell, and you start freaking out. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't Ferrell watch gets that. Into it. And it's sad because it's, it's a funny scene, and Venom can scene. never watch it. Great. See, I read a funny piece of uh, a quip where uh, uh, I forget. I think it was Jimmy Fallon was talking about it and how he was Christopher Walken came up to him like years later and was like, "You ruined my life." Because now every yeah. single fan that comes up to him goes, gotta have more cowbell. Anyway, who knows if that's real or not, but I do know what's real, ladies and gentlemen, is that the, Peter uses a bunch of pipes to kill Venom. And as he's uh, as he's going around, ringing the bells, ringing the bells, uh, Eddie starts to separate from him and Peter webs him and pulls him out, which I think is super cool. Uh, yeah. And then he takes, he just like kicks up one of uh, Goblin's bombs, one of his disintegration bombs times it and throws it into the mix and then of course eddie's like no my suit i love it and he jumps in too and the whole thing just disintegrates thankfully he grabbed the one that doesn't that disintegrates not explodes or do they all just disintegrate i don't know i think it's a disintegration slash explosion i don't know Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. whatever they need to do in the moment they're plot bombs and then flint comes over and he tells peter that he's like listen i did this all for my daughter she needed money and i was scared He's like, your, your Uncle Ben tried to help me, and the gun just went off. It was a cruel accident, and the one that, I, that, that, that Flint wishes he could take back. And Peter looks him in the eyes, and he understands. And he goes, wait, I'm sorry. So the blonde guy, nothing to do with this whatsoever? <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, pretty awkward. Cool, 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 cool. And you weren't in the car cool. with him during the getaway because why? Yeah, but, I don't uh, understand. All right, hmm. Listen. I'm a fan of forgiveness. I love forgiveness as a sure, theme for this sure. trilogy. Um, we're forgiven a bit much with the Sandman, aren't we, to let yeah. him just disappear and fly away? I mean, literally, the scene before this conversation is him as giant Sandman punching a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. What am I missing, guys? Like, can you explain this to me? Like, what causes, what's the impetus of this face turn? Um, I think that he's just, I don't know. It's a great question. I, don't know. I think he wanted to kill Spider-Man and now he's like, I don't want to kill anyone anymore because Venom's dead and I don't have a friend yeah. anymore. So I'm he's not a bad guy. He's, he's just had bad luck. He's yeah. exhausted. He's tired of fighting. Yeah. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no real reason for it. Uh, it seems like something that Flint should have tried earlier in the film because, mm-hmm. you know, he really is just constantly trying to explain himself. You know, he's supposed to be a down on his luck guy. Yeah. It seems very weird. It also seems very weird. Like you can forgive him, Peter. But you're not allowed to forgive him on behalf of the 40 or so people that got murdered in the fucking multiple fights that you had. You can't forgive him for, like, the multiple bank robberies. Like, that's not a thing. It's not. Those are not things that you're allowed to forgive for people. Correct. As he turns into sand and goes, bye. Still, yeah, still committing crimes. The the parallel here should be that, like, in the way that Harry has forgiven Peter at this point for, quote unquote, murdering his father. It should be the same. The, the the Peter Sandman thing should be should be a parallel to that, right? It should be oh shit, like I'm, I'm, Harry is basically to me what I am to Sandman, and I should probably look like look into who like why would Sandman do this? Oh, it's an accident. Okay, should I forgive this person? Like it should be a clear par- parallel. It should work like that, and it should be powerful. But in execution, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I think I think the second Flint sees particularly that that Venom is willing to kill this woman and a bunch of other people, not accidentally, not as collateral damage, but for real, you would think Flint would make his turn there, knowing what we know about Flint. Yeah. But no. Um, 
anyway, but it's somehow Thomas Hayden Church makes this scene work because he's so fucking good. He is. And he's a good actor. And he's tan. And he's jacked. And he flies away. Peter's like, you know what? I've done some stupid shit, too. And I'm going to ugly cry for you right now. So, And he flies away. And he's like, cool. And then Peter apologizes to Harry. He's like, I'm sorry, amigo. And then he ugly cries for Harry. And Harry calls him. He's like, you're my friend. To which Peter replies, best friend. And then Harry's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry goes, I would kill for you. <laughs> God. I, oh, and he I, dies. He dies. Were and, Were you all scared like I was that Bernard was going to speak at this funeral? Yeah. Like, I hadn't watched this movie in years. And when they go to the funeral and they show Bernard stand up first, I was like, <gasps> Bernard's going to give a eulogy. I'm going to have to sit through Bernard speaking. I was so terrified. I hope he's back in the way home. <laughs> I hope so too. I think I hope there's one shot of him just coming out of the, I don't know, coming out of somewhere. It doesn't matter. The head of the funeral, so Peter can monologue about choice. And he goes, "Whatever comes our way, whatever battles we have raging inside of us, we always have a choice." My friend Harry taught me that. Did he? Did also, he? I just want to say, get the check, Joe Manganello. Joe Manganello as Flash Thompson is there for a split second. And I said, "Get paid, Joe. Get paid. Buy yourself some new." Buy yourself some new D20s. Yeah, dude. You know? He chose to be the best of himself. It's the choices who make us, that make us who we are. We can always choose to do what's right. I choose to fast forward through the jazz scene in this movie and never look back. Oh, no, wait. We're back in the jazz club. <laughs> My bad. We Maybe ended this the jazz is club. number five. Number Musical five. number five. And I, I feel like this one doesn't get talked about enough. I know that we, we talk about pretty much all the other ones constantly. They're all memes. But Mary Jane just stops singing and walks off the stage. Mm -hmm. As Peter. No. So Peter walks up and he offers her his hand. He's doing that thing again. Here's the thing. Peter is doing that self-centered Peter thing that he's done throughout this trilogy yeah. where it's like, your what job. you're doing is not important right now. How I feel about you is important right now. Mm -hmm. And so I need you to stop your job and ruin it and come off with me right now because I'm making a grand gesture. Mm -hmm. This is an abusive relationship. Yeah, it's not good. Don't even get me started on the symbolism of Peter offering her the same hand he used <laughs> to oh, smack no. her into the ground earlier. <laughs> God. It's weird. And then she Horrible hugs him. Call. She hugs him for it. The end. We're done. What a, what remember, the Spider-Man remember the go get him tiger? Remember go how hype that swinging was? Let's and watch then, that again. Let's watch let's, the taste uh, out of our mouth and let's watch God. that again. This movie ends on such a dud. Dour note, dude. Just what's happening? Ugh, and what Sam happening? Raimi has said many times that he was really hoping to make up to he hated this movie all the way through and he was hoping to make it up to audiences with Spider-Man 4 um which he never got to make coming out this year uh, and and are you are you are you ready for why they didn't make Spider-Man 4 uh, cuz this know. movie this movie made so much money this movie yeah. was fine they would have made another one he walked away because they finally he wanted to do the next movie with the vulture and he had already planned and written this movie with the Vulture. And they said, we'll do it if you also do the Lizard at the same time. And you know how much he wanted to do the Lizard. But he mm -hmm. also told them he was never going to do a multi-villain movie again because mm -hmm. it was too much. And they were like, we'll give you the Lizard. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You're the worst. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he just walked away. I would too. 
good blood. God bless him. He made his money. He did his bit for king and country. He did. Yeah, he did. Now, we're in an interesting place here because Andy's not here. So, blessing at AOEA Junior. I'm putting mm. you on the spot. Hit me dun, with dun, haiku dun, in review. Oh, I don't even know how it goes. Uh, seven. Like seven five. Oh, uh, seven syllables in the middle. You got five for the first for the and first last one. line. Mm-hmm. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Yeah. Haiku in review. Everybody now stop. You fucking nailed it. Perfect. Good Thank shit. You. You'd love to see it. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form just like Dan H. did. This film sucks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Emo Parker is so good. Better than Venom. Andrew Feister says, new shirt feeling sweet. Dancing, winking down the street. Movie is not neat. No, no, it is not. That's what we got there. Uh, and then we got a little bit of Ragu Bagu. You want to do that, Nick? Sure. Fine. Da 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 da. Ragu. Da 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 da. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys here for the Spider Man Sam Raimi in review. Uh, do I have this or do you have this, Tim? I have it. Do I have it? Did we do it in previous episodes? I don't, I don't know. We're doing it. Let's just talk about these fucking villains. Oh, sure. Like, we can talk about them. They're just, it's, it's real, it's they're real terrible. bad. And Fuck I think off. that cool. after rewatching these, like, I feel like, I don't remember where I was the last time we did a review, but where I'm at now is I thought that Sandman is a sympathetic character. And then now I'm like, no. And I am really struggling to see how they're going to play No Way Home. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to yeah. see how they're going to make us, like, where they're going to be at with these characters. Yeah. If, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that they are the actual versions from the universes we know because they have some explaining to do. I'm with mm-hmm. you too. I like Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is the only one where I'm like, I can see this guy being a main villain of this movie. All the others in my head, I can only see his cameos. I can see Sam M popping up for a random scene of like Peter Parker, Toby Maguire's Peter Parker talking to to Toby uh, or the other Tom Holland's Peter Parker about like, oh yeah, there was a guy in my universe that did this, this, and this, and you get a scene with him or some shit. Mm-hmm. It is really tough for me to 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 envision a full movie where the Sinister Six is made up of villains from this Spider-Man universe because all of them are cartoon characters, aside from Alfred Molina, who's like a little bit of a cartoon character, but at, at the very least, I can see a down-to-earth version of that that is made for the MCU. The rest. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I think the goblin can work because Willem Dafoe can work it. Willem Dafoe can change the style up. You know what I mean? They will mm-hmm. obviously do something with him. And if once again, we're not saying that you should look at the leaks because you should live your life however you want. But the leaks are out there, and when you look at it, you can tell they it's there's a bit of this is a goblin that has survived, I think, longer than the one we know and is a little worse for wear for it. And so this might be a more down-to-earth version of it. Um, the one that I'm going to have trouble with, I think, seeing is is Jamie Foxx's Electro, which is going to be a little too cartoony, I think, for me, if he shows up. But once again, Jamie Foxx is a great actor, and they can change that up stylistically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as these As far as these bad guys go from all three movies... I still think the goblin is I still think the goblin is a strong villain. I really do. I know he's I know he's a little bit uh melodramatic, but I really love him. Uh but Alfred Molina is pitch perfect. Everybody from three can, I don't know, turn into Sam. I had a sound sonic. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, there you have it, everyone. This now, has been Tim, another. Yes, go for it, bless. I know. I know. In this podcast, you do a lot of podcasts within a podcast. Yeah, Mine, mm-hmm. I introduce a one. new one. Please go for it. I don't Go have a it, name bless. for it. I just have the idea for it. I know usually for MCU and review, when we're not doing the rewatches, you guys do the whole ranking. And one of the things I've seen online are people asking for me and Anthony to rank the movie since we've actually not done our own rankings of the movie. So, like, what if we did a Blessing and Anthony Carboni ranking segment? I don't have a good name it. for it. Maybe when we could Andy do a segment. If, or maybe with, when this is all over, we could just do our ranking. Yeah, we could. We could do it at the, maybe at, the, at the end of each, like, trilogy so like at the end of this one and then at the end of amazing spider-man we do it yeah go, we could go do the, for it we now. could do the, I mean, we could do the real rankings for so cool far. guys now anthony Plus. do you want to do a, are you doing joint ranking or or uh separate you know, i separate. feel i feel separate. like you and i are going to be a hundred percent in lockstep on this though bless i on think we're going to go for sure i think we're going to go two one three for this first yep. one i'm right there with you yeah two one three yeah. I thought I was I thought I was gonna like them in numeric order again, but um Alfred Molina, man. Alfred Molina really makes two just an absolute pleasure and a joy. And I know we bagged on a lot of stuff about two during two, but I think that's just because we felt safe doing it because we know it's a gentle ribbing of a best friend. That's yes. what we that's how yes. we feel about two. It makes him stronger. Yeah. I am curious on where we're gonna go with. from here. Like even my own personal rankings. It's been a while since I've seen the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and I remember oh, wow. liking the first one, and I remember not liking Amazing Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I, very excited to, to do it again and see, like, okay, is this Amazing Spider-Man two better than I give it credit for? Looking um, into the future, I'm 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 interested in that too. I remember enjoying a lot about the intercharacter relationships in the first Amazing Spider-Man. I remember being very into the Gwen and Peter relationship, and I remember them kind of selling it, uh, and I remember disliking two a lot. So we'll mm. see where we go. I'm excited to rewatch. You just just for context, uh, when we first write these movies, we put Spider-Man 2 at number one. We put Spider-Man, or so far, and then Spider-Man 1 at number two. And then we did put Spider-Man 3 at number six. It was the yeah. first time in interview history that we just dropped it all the way down before even watching the other, what it is. other movies. So uh, down, we'll yeah. be back next week. It's going to be a lot of fun with Amazing Spider-Man. See how that does introduce little Andrew Garfield into our lives. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.